0: All right, good morning. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Today's show is brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. It's the perfect ceramic tailgate or home grill for searing, baking, grilling, smoking, all kinds of food. Ginsugrills.com is the website. Save $100 when you use the code tailgate. Lots to do on the program today in just a couple of minutes. The great Brenda Freeze will join us. She's got 601 career wins, the 601st being her first ever win over UConn on Sunday. We will talk about that with uh, Coach Freeze. Later on in the program, Randy Cross joins us from CBS. We'll talk about the uh, Navy situation, probably talk a little Ravens as well. Joe Serpico, PressBoxOnline.com, fantasy football analyst, will join us. We'll preview waiver wire Wednesday. Are we picking up Brock Purdy? We're picking up Chigakonkwo, former Terp. We'll talk about that. And uh, also a little bit later on this morning, our weekly college hoops conversation with Patrick Stevens. All of that on tap today. Um, At the top, obviously wretched news this morning uh, with the passing of Mike Leach. And it reminded me that I didn't get to chat about Grant Wall yesterday either. So not to be negative or, or be a downer at the start of the show, but just something that I wanted to spend a minute on. One. Um, I did not know Mike Leach well, but I, I reflected on, if we go back to 2010 when Mike Leach was out of coaching, there were a lot of Maryland football fans that wanted Mike Leach to be the next Maryland football coach. Of course, in hindsight, every Maryland fan was furious when the school fired Ralph Friedgen because they ended up having a very good season. But as you'll remember going into that season, there had been a down swing in Maryland football, and there were a lot of fans who were desirous of Mike Leach being the guy. Uh, Mike Leach was working with a friend of mine named Ari on a project called Beyond You Sports, and I kind of had that twinkle in my eye, being an old radio person, like, I could arrange something here to play into how much Maryland fans want Mike Leach, and I coordinated that Mike Leach would join us regularly on the old radio station that doesn't exist any longer. And that part was great. We split up the conversations. I know Thurl Nelson got to have a lot of them. We did a few, um, did a few in the afternoons. We moved, we moved it around. But Mike Leach was a regular that season. And then when Ralph Regent indeed was fired, I just remember having a lot of chats with Mike Leach. And like hilariously, when he didn't get the job, I just called. I said, "Coach, what happened?" I don't know. I guess they just don't like me. I, I mean, like he was just so. Such a special individual, man. Um, Obviously as unique as everything that you have seen um, in interview uh, clips over the years. And just wretched, wretched news for the sport. Wretched news, obviously, for his family, for Mississippi State. Just a terrible, terrible day. Um, But I was reminded that I wanted to take a minute also to talk about Grant Wall, who lived in Baltimore for a number of years. Grant Wall was, uh, was previously a basketball writer for SI. Famously did the um, LeBron James cover story all those years ago, and started covering soccer. And no one is more synonymous. Like, I, here's what I would say: There are a lot of people, and I'm not trying to use this as a shot at anybody else. There are a lot of people in this business that want to be considered synonymous with the sport they cover, so much so that they're willing to kind of sell their souls in the process. They're willing to essentially allow journalism to be blended with being a PR mouthpiece for the sport they covered. And Grant Wall was not that. Grant Wall was fearless. Grant Wall was brilliant. He was courageous. And on top of that, he was kind. Grant Wall would call you when he was covering an event on the other side of the world. A World Cup qualifier going on in Costa Rica. I got time for a phone call. I got time to do an appearance. Grant Wall was one of the kindest individuals I ever came across in this business. And he just so happened to also be brilliant. And one of the great sports journalists of an era. I don't know what the story is. I I hope that it doesn't involve foul play. I hope that they get to the bottom of it. But I wish I would have taken the time yesterday to reflect on Grant Wall because Grant Wall was a genius. A genius. A genius. Safe home, Grant Wall. Safe home, Mike Leach. Sad day. Sad day in the sports community. It's not never easy to go from that and make a quick transition, but alas, that's what we do. Um, and this is not sad whatsoever because what a stretch it's been for the University of Maryland women's basketball program. Brenda Freeze got her 600th win on Thursday in dramatic fashion out at Purdue and then, you know, only followed it up with, a massive victory over UConn, the first in school history. It is always a pleasure to be joined again here on the show by the head coach of the Turbs. She is Coach Brenda Fries. And she's back with us now here on the program. Coach, it's Glenn. It is so great to catch up with you as always. Thank you for taking the time and congratulations, not only on a big win, but on a major milestone as well.
1: Oh. That's been quite- Ed Marilyn and can't say enough about the the team and just their fearlessness to go on the road and beat a veteran team like Purdue in dramatic fashion, the one I'll always remember for Win Six Hundred, like you said, and then just the standard that's been set by UConn in uh, the history of our game. So uh Sunday with uh twelve thousand plus fans, it was an electric environment and one will always remember
0: coach what is it about this team that they have not blinked right like UConn road (laughs) road wins obviously the Notre Dame game was one of them I I watched the entirety of that game and I was I was falling off my seat it was never more than like a five point deficit or or, or lead in that (laughs) game it was back and forth the entire time Um, what is it about this team that they have handled the big moments so far so well and they have not you know, I I know that there have been losses. I understand there are things you probably still want to clean up a bit, but they haven't blinked in these huge moments.
1: Yeah, you know, I joke with them that they're the cardiac kids and uh, they they like to have a lot of dramatic uh, wins and games. But I th- I think it's truly impressive. When you talk about uh because of this transfer portal that uh, every coach has had to deal with, and nine new players coming into our program, and really only three on the roster that. Um, have been here to to return in that lineup. Uh, the injuries we've had, uh, you know, it, it says a lot about this group to to be able to have these kind of wins on the road. You also had the Baylor win. So mm-hmm. they've really come together when you talk about so many pieces and injuries we've been dealt with as well. And I think it really goes to show just what an incredible group this is, that they really have been fighting hard and, you know, to, to be able to pull out some of the wins that, that they have
0: brenda the the obviously the, it helps in those closing moments to have players with the killer instinct we talked to diamond last week i mean that was stone cold and then you followed up with shy against um uh, purdue on thursday night um th- do you know like when you when the game's close at the end do you have and of course a, a big shot again late in the game on sunday right like do you have this feeling in your mind like yeah we're good i don't really have to stress too much about this
1: <laughs> Uh, you know, it's definitely a, a feel within in the game. You know, you you had that, uh, you know, game winner by Diamond with Notre Dame. So you would have thought at Purdue we were going to go back to her. She was struggling in that game. We were actually trying to go to Abby because she had really had an incredible game and she read the play correctly. And obviously, Shy is having a, a monstrous sophomore season for us. So, you know, these uh, these are the things where – you're talking about within a team is you're just learning them every single practice and and every single game. But I love their moxie and uh, I love their confidence that they're playing with.
0: She is Brenda free. She's with us here on GCR coach. Obviously the UConn thing to your point, like they have been such a behemoth in the sport for so long and you guys have had some great games, a great atmospheres. Is there a, I don't know, a monkey off the back type of feeling to and I know you know like heck you gotta now you gotta look at South Carolina and, and how difficult that that <laughs> mountain is to climb right but is there some sort of relief beyond just the excitement of a big win is there some sort of relief that comes with hey we don't have to hear anymore about how we can never get over the hump against you <laughs>
1: uh, and... yeah well I will say you know we've been fortunate we beat South Carolina in their own, own building so that was a, a fun win way back. Uh, with them and you know I do it's like obviously we've had a lot of competitive rosters here at Maryland and typically when we play UConn it's been a six-point game down to the wire so you know to to have this team and this roster be able to pull out a win at home it definitely is one that you know it does It, it allows your your team to to know and understand that you know they can be extremely successful against anyone.
0: 600 wins what like you know i know we've done this a couple times obviously 500 was a big deal but like does does the number mean something to you in any sort of way or really was it nothing more than like yeah we beat purdue and we needed to go beat purdue (laughs) we needed to get a big 10 win like like how how does it work for you now do you enjoy it does it does it stand out in anything beyond just the win that you got that
1: night um, you know, it, it, it definitely makes you reflect. Uh, it, it makes you also understand, gosh, I've been in this a long time and super grateful to, to Maryland and in my coaching path that I've been able to sustain. I, I think when I first came in, I was just hoping that I could, you know, get a rollover of a contract and, hmm. uh, make it a, as a coach. But, um, you know, I, I, definitely think I, I take more time, obviously, as you get older, we just you appreciate all the people that have been a part of it and it's the players, your coaches, your support staff. And I think those are the memories that that you take away. I mean, obviously this game and the schedule is relentless. You know, you're on to you you beat UConn now we're recruiting. (laughs) It doesn't give you much time for pause. I keep telling my family we haven't even celebrated with a good glass of wine or dessert, Mm -hmm. but uh, Mm -hmm. that'll be coming here over the holidays. But yeah, you, know, you definitely try to try to take those moments when you can.
0: I, I know we've talked a couple times the last couple years about how much more special it is given how old the, your boys are at this point and then oh, yeah. being around to be a part of it. And of course they've grown up obviously and everything you guys went through and now they've grown up around this program, but being at this age now like is there something more meaningful about how much they understand? of how special this is, what your program is doing and these accomplishments of reaching, like, a 600 win. You know, at, at a certain age, you know, 600 isn't even a number that obviously, like, my kids are 5 and 7. They don't even really know what 600 means.
1: <laughs> right, right. It, it is. Uh, I'll say, um, it, uh, you know, my boys before the UConn game asked if they could come out and get on the court after we beat UConn. They, they get it. My, my boys get up early on Saturday mornings and come into practice now with me. They don't get up that early for school. <laughs> My <laughs> one wants to go recruiting with me this week. So it's really, really awesome this age that they're in because they do, they get it. They understand what mom does. They want to be a part of it. So um it's, yeah, it, it's something that I will always cherish, you know, right now in this moment where they're at for sure. They're 14 and they they do kind of fully understand it They'll send me threads off of social media. Have you seen this and that? And <laughs> um, So it's great. I, I, uh, you know, just really grateful for the time that that I'm getting with them as teenagers.
0: Uh, we, we're just another few minutes here with Brenda Freeze after Maryland got a huge win over UConn on Sunday. Coach, you know, I, we, I said we talked to Diamond the other day, and I know you've got a team full of special players, and I want to ask you about that, but I want to start with just her because you've had a lot of great players over the years. But boy there is something about her that between the killer instinct and 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 just the way that she can take over a game i i know it's impossible to rank players against other players but it really does seem like she has the chance to to be among the greatest players in the history of the program right it's...
1: she does and she's going to be an unbelievable pro uh she she understands what it takes i mean she she loves this game i mean obviously she want, you know, has that killer instinct, wants to take over, wants the responsibility, and that's what all the the other greats here have had. You know, they they want to be the go-to player and take the clutch shot down the stretch, and obviously you see the time she's put into her game. I mean, she's um, if anything, I always think she can do more. She's just so talented and so many skills on both ends of the floor, and I'm always just continuing to keep pushing for that greatness from her and
0: and for this team specifically you mentioned you know you drew something up for abby a ball goes to shy like it the idea that you have someone that is that great and yet it it doesn't always have to go through her the the depth that you have amongst those top players and the number of players that you can count on i you know you know a thing or two about what it takes in order to win a national championship um <laughs> it, is it is it too you know dumb radio guy of me to say that that's the type of thing that championship teams need to have is both a truly great player and yet other players that you can definitely rely on in those biggest moments
1: yeah you do i've always said championship teams and the ones we've had here at maryland you have to have three to five players that can average in double figures a game against uconn we had four their game plan was to you know really collapse on diamond and take two at her at I thought she you know, really understood like getting the ball to her teammates, and they were able to carry that first half for her when she wasn't able to get a lot of shots and be a facilitator for us. And then when it was her moment to shine in the second half, I mean, she really came through.
0: All right, and then you referenced 12,000 people there at the game on Sunday. More than even so, 600 wins. The reflection on where the program was when you arrived – to having, and I know this is not the first, right? There were plenty of Duke games, or so they're just massive crowds. You guys have regularly been able to pack a, a huge building over the years. When you see something like that, how much more does that make you reflect on how far the program has come since you first arrived to be able to have days like that?
1: Yeah, no question. I mean, this is, Why I came here to Maryland, I I knew from the past when Coach Weller was here and the success that they had had. And this DMV area is a a really special place. You have so many talented players and teams and just fans that love to come out and support this team. So, you know, I love that they were able to to come out and and feel and see this atmosphere and how uh, what this team, you know, how incredible they are. And we're just hoping that, you know, they continue to keep supporting because it goes by fast. And I think we all saw during COVID when it was taken away from us and we couldn't be in person. It's pretty uh, cool to be in, in, in in environments like these that uh, we were able to be a part of on Sunday.
0: I need to know before I let you go, the story of the Ninja Turtle hat that uh, you had on in the locker room. Is is this, (laughs) is this a, a thing? Is this something that you've done before? Where, where did this come from?
1: It's definitely not a thing for the head coach. We always, uh, You know we give out awards after every game i think you know at a program like maryland you're expected to win so many games and i think it's important to celebrate every game and how hard it is to win the the number of games we're supposed to so we do these tough turf awards and give out different awards and our ninja is kind of that um, person that you know amplifies the exemplifies the terrapin and everything that that is around it so the the players and coaches thought my 600th win that they wanted to be able to give it the ninja to, awesome. to you know, coach b that's so, awesome that's I, where it came from <laughs> I, I love that i can't
0: wait to show it to my sons because Raphael is their favorite ninja turtle so they'll be very excited about it <laughs> oh, love
1: it love it um
0: coach congratulations on a great start i know there's a, a lot more to do as you get into the conference play uh, more heavy here in a couple of weeks um but everything that you've done so far it's been incredible we are uh, we're not surprised obviously by any of success, but we're very happy for you, your program. We can't wait to see what's coming up. Thank you, as always, for taking the time for us this morning.
1: All right. Thank you so much, and happy holidays.
0: Same to you. Coach Brenda Fries, University of Maryland. Been a nice little stretch for them. Some really big wins. Baylor, Notre Dame, now UConn. Obviously, a uh, tremendous run at the beginning of the season for uh, Brenda Fries and Maryland. Excited to see what's ahead for them. All right, Uh, it is a Tuesday edition of GCR. Today's show is also brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. If you were not able to get out for their event at the fairgrounds on Saturday, you did not miss your chance to help take care of the folks in this community. They are still collecting non-perishable food items and unwrapped toys throughout this week at the various precincts Around Baltimore County, as well as right across the street at Glory Days Grill in Towson. So please get out, support what the Baltimore County Police Department is doing. Bring out some non-perishable food items, some unwrapped toys to any of the area precincts. Stop in, say hello, and want to be a part of the community. And you can also find out more if you're thinking about maybe a career change. If you have someone in your life that's, uh, you know, struggling to launch, maybe out of high school that. It's taking a gap year, and you're really starting to worry about it being sort of a gap life. Just maybe think about the Baltimore County Police Department. Join BaltimoreCountyPD.com is how you find out more. When we come back in, Randy Cross is going to join us from CBS, former Super Bowl champion. We'll get his thoughts on uh, Kenya Yamatololo's departure at Navy. Probably talk some Ravens as well. That's on the way as we continue on a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A Catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements
2: vary. See restaurant for details.
0: United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Make the most
3: out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on
0: new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Need a last-minute gift for a kid in your life? How about a membership to the Retriever Kids Club? It includes free youth admission to all regular season UMBC home games, plus a t-shirt and a drawstring backpack membership is only $35 it's a great deal makes a tremendous holiday gift visit umbcretrievers.com slash kids club for more info membership is for kids 12 and under the retriever kids club find out more umbcretrievers.com
2: slash kids club the latest edition of press box is available now on the cover new maryland basketball coach kevin willard sits down with stan charles and glenn clark to discuss the situation he inherited in college Park, and how he plans to get the program turned around. Also, inside, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from all of the teams in the area, and Bo Smoka profiles Ravens receiver Devin DuVernay. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com.
0: tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today join glenn at halftime of every ravens game for the
3: project game day halftime show at facebook.com slash Pressbox sports we apologize in advance there's not much we can do about his face
0: all right back in here on gcr as we continue on a tuesday edition of the program today's show or you know have a just a reminder this time because We're all enjoying sports betting. Well, most of us are enjoying sports betting. And it can always be fun, but there are dangers to it as well. Gambling should be fun, but you should also set a limit and stay within it. And remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Um, No updates yet on Tyler Huntley from John Harbaugh yesterday. And I I get it. This is kind of unique. It's not like an injury. It's, this is the concussion protocol. You're in protocol till you're not in protocol. John attempted after the game to sort of assuage and say, well, look, you know, he he did the, he did the months backwards. We're good. Which as we learned on our uh, post game show, not as easy as you think it is if you try to do it fast. If you try to do it fast, you're going to get tripped up. That's the way it's going to go. Um, it, it, that's not the way that this works. It's not. Hey, he's feeling good. He's gonna play. He's either gonna be cleared or he's not. It's just as simple as that. Um, there was a weird report out of Pittsburgh that was going around yesterday that said something like, you know, Anthony Brown was so bad in warmups that the Ravens had their long snapper take over. I I have absolutely zero idea what to make of that, and I don't. I don't even really want to respond to it. You know, I think we all are going to feel a little bit differently if Anthony Brown has to play in this game on Saturday than even if Tyler Huntley can go. So it's we will continue to monitor it at some point this week. Either Tyler Huntley will be cleared or he won't be. It really is that simple. There is not much more to be gauged from... You know, today, how did he feel? It's not an injury. It doesn't matter. This is the way the concussion protocol works in the NFL. So every day, you'll be looking for an update on that. And I think if Tyler Huntley can, even if Tyler Huntley can play, not even Lamar Jackson, but even if Tyler Huntley can play, I think Ravens fans will be far more confident going into the game in Cleveland on Saturday. And, of course, we did the math yesterday. And if the Ravens can keep winning, if they can win out, not easy, but if they can win out, and the Bengals were to lose to the Bills in Week 17, then the Ravens will have clinched the AFC North by the time that Week 18 game is played. They would not even have to play their regulars in that game if they wanted to maybe rest up for the playoffs. Joining us now, a man who has been around Navy football for a long time, working with CBS Sports as a color analyst for Navy games, of course also a three-time Super Bowl champ. It is always a pleasure to welcome back Randy Cross to the program. Randy, it's Glenn back in Baltimore. It's good to chat with you. Thank you, as always, for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning.
4: No problem at all. No um, problem. It's, uh, tis, tis the season for kind of, Sad news in general, yeah. what now with the Mike Leach thing going yeah. down,
0: too. Yeah. You know what? Before, before we get to uh, Coach Ken, because you're right, obviously it, it pales in comparison, uh, losing sort of a legend. What, what Mike Leach was, what he represented for college football, um, his willingness to kind of take on the NCAA over the years. Can you, can you put into words what Mike Leach has meant to this sport?
4: Well, you know, I, it's, I don't think it's an overstatement to say he and Hal Mummy kind of dragged major college football and now the NFL into the kind of seven on seven world we're living in. Mm. I mean, the, the spread, the, you know, whenever you want name, you wanted to give it the catchy little title air raid, um, you know, I, yeah, air raid, you go back into the days of the run and shoot with June Jones and how, and, and that. That ilk, Mouse Davis and Jerry Glanville and, and I, I think what Hal Mummy and and Coach Leach did, you know, starting years and years ago as assistants and then moving to what they did at Texas Tech and then Mummy was at Kentucky. I mean, this it's still going on now. I mean Matt Mummy, his son, is at Colorado State doing the same sort of stuff and you know, that impact of what Mike Leach has done you know, with this air raid offense has been felt, was felt profoundly by football and is still being, you know, felt by the way that people play. And that's just that. I mean, that's not even putting into the, the formula, his legacy as far as his personality and his sort of his, his, his joy and, and love of life and willingness to express kind of how he feels, I think, was so refreshing for a football
0: coach. Uh, he, was, uh, he was quite the character. I had many opportunities to chat with him over the years. It was a joy. Yep. It is a, To your point, it is a wretched day um, in our sport and in, in, the, in the country to lose a character and a man like Mike Leach. It is just a truly wretched yep. day. Um yeah. I it obviously it pales in comparison but to your point we mm-hmm. we share your disappointment we share your frustration um when you see this news on Sunday about Kenny and Monololo, Randy what what's the immediate thought that runs through your mind
4: Um you know it, it's it's it was a sad thing to see happen it's it, as good as they were for an extended period of time the record over the last few years, especially with, uh, I really thought what happened in the COVID years uh, and those records would kind of be mitigated by, you know, what happened before and and sort of looking forward as to what this program has become over the years that Ken has been the head coach. Uh, He produces incredible men. He, he, he produces guys that are well-rounded I think he, he produced the kinds of players, the kind of students, the kind of people that any university would be proud, you know, much less a, a national Academy, you know, of the armed forces. He's, and you could tell from the reaction around the the Navy football community, how well loved Ken was and how well appreciated he was uh, as a head coach. And, you know, it's, it's, Obviously, it's going to be up to him as to what what his next moves are going to be and what he wants to do. You know, his contract and the years remaining, that's kind of a fact. That's what's going to happen there. But it, it, I, I really don't look at college football as being complete right now if you don't have people like Ken Nebatalolo involved in it, you know, at a high level. He's just first-class uh, Christian gentleman. Um coach his guys the right way and you know i i think he'll remember, be remembered for all the positive things and all the great things did they did they lose saturday yeah did they lose because because of a couple bad mistakes that happened yes um was this the kind of year that they all wanted hell no nobody wants a, a record like this and a year like this especially when you start off losing to delaware um but no, I, I don't think it diminishes what he accomplished at Navy with, you know, literally if you're good at a Naval Academy and we've seen Jeff Monken and Troy Calhoun pull off the same sort of things here at the other academies, you're competing at the highest level with one arm tied behind your back. No question. In major college football. And that's the way it is, especially in these days of NIL and transfers and everything else you're competing with, with the highest types of football, the Notre Dames and everybody else, um, and giving them the advantage from the first whistle.
0: Um, and even worse in the pandemic, obviously, as, of course, you know, every all these other programs, even at Air Force, right, like they were able to do uh, turnbacks and have fifth-year guys, and yet, you know, Navy had to keep going out there with a young team and, you know, still came away with, like, a big win at UCF a couple weeks ago and, you know, still nearly came back to beat Notre Dame in Baltimore before that, and it's just its very yeah. frustrating. Well, how,
4: many other, how, many other, how many other football teams in the country were basically under lock and key?
0: Right. Right. Correct.
4: Like, like, that, like that team was for all that time period. Yep. Not able to physically do the practice. I mean, all that, but that's aside, aside from that. Uh, I think that's kind of a distraction as to what, you know, he'll be remembered for with the Navy, by the Navy football community.
0: Randy Cross is with us here on G C R. Randy, I, I asked this question. So okay, so that, let's let's just take Chet Gladchuck. And I'm not I I have no I'm not trying to fight with Chet Gladchuck, but he says, hey, our expectation is winning commanders and chiefs trophies and you know getting bowl eligible, winning six games. Is it mm-hmm. practical? I think part of what what you just alluded to is part of why I was so enamored by you know, Coach Ken. Not only, to your point, the quality of human that he is, which is almost unlike anything I've ever seen in this business, but he did it while having a standard that was truly absurd for an academy program of success. Is it reasonable... To have that standard, is it reasonable for the expectation at a service academy competing in a conference like the American to be, you know, can the next coach really be expected to constantly win six games? Or is it so remarkable what Kenny Amonololo did that it skewed what reasonable expectations should be in an academy?
4: Well, first of all, um, the other academies have managed to do it. So why, why would Navy be an exception, you know, from that, in that regard? And I think part of that is born of the fact that you've got a couple of coaches like Jeff Monken and, and Troy Calhoun that are pretty extraordinary football coaches and great recruiters and everything else. I, I, I think it is realistic. I think it is fair. Or as close to fair as life gets these days. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just it goes with what they want – and what they should expect when you put a football team on the field for that university. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't think that's unrealistic at all. I think that is, that's a given. That's what you are expected to do is competing in a conference harder. Oh, heck yes. Mm-hmm. Now it remains to be seen how difficult the American is going to be compared to the new American. Yeah. And, you know, UTSA is going to be tough. UAB has had some moments where they've been really good, but you're losing some really good football teams sure. that will make competing and winning in that conference much easier in the next couple of years.
0: Sure. Of course, our old friend Trent Dilfer uh, coming into that conference now is the, uh, the head coach at UAB. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, our buddy Bill Wagner from the Annapolis Capitol wrote today that what Kenny Montalolo did worthy of the college football hall of fame. And I don't, you know, pretend to follow the college football hall of fame to know exactly what the standards are uh, the way that I do say the pro football hall of fame, Randy, but uh, on paper, I don't know that I can argue with that. One of the winningest programs in college football in a decade at a service academy I don't know that there isn't a strong argument for Ken Niamatololo to be a, a college football Hall of Fame member.
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I played for a, for a football coach, Pepper Rogers, that was the head coach at UCLA and Kansas and Georgia Tech and whatnot, and, and, and he didn't qualify because he never got to 100 wins. Uh, Ken obviously had over 100 wins. Uh, and did it at a place like the Naval Academy um, with, with, you know, with the, all the challenges involved in that. So, yeah, I I would definitely say he, he would meet the criteria. Um, any Hall of Fame is at times kind of a popularity contest. And, you know, I, as much as you can mitigate that with stats and numbers and metrics or whatever other happy baloney you want to come up <laughs> with, um, I, I, I think from that uh popularity contest, there's no doubt that Ken Niamatola will be appreciated as a college football Hall of Fame coach by what he did. I I think once he got over 100, being able to compete like that, and like I just said a little while ago, it's what's expected, but what's expected and what you get is usually two wildly different things, and he delivered. He over-delivered as far as expectations come, so yeah, I would agree with that.
0: Hey, uh, Randy, while I have you, if I could, uh, we're in an interesting spot here in Baltimore where the Ravens on Sunday, they got back to running the ball as they played the Steelers, and they ran for over 200 yards, and they they pounded it. And even at the end of the game, when the Steelers you know, knew the run was coming, the Ravens were able to run the ball, pick up a first down, and, and grind the game out. And there's a, been this eternal question since the Ravens started doing this a few years ago with Greg Roman of... You know, can you do this and win a Super Bowl? And I, I certainly understand why they're not the favorites, and everybody likes the, the Eagles and the Bills, although the Eagles run the ball a ton too, uh, the Bills and the Chiefs a little bit more. But, you know, knowing a thing or two about the joy of being an offensive lineman and running the ball, can, can you do this now in the NFL? Can you be a team that runs the ball, imposes your will running the ball, and beat the best teams in the NFL doing it in order to try to win a Super Bowl?
4: Well, I, I believe we're going to find out this year. There are several teams that are kind of in the tournament, are going to be in the tournament, um, that fit that sort of profile. Um, I, I think my old team, the Niners, for the last several years, have been a team that you know throws the ball in the 20 to 25 range times a game, but they're going to pound the ball at you hard uh, and feature the running game. So I think you can, but a lot of that's predicated on, A, doing it effectively, and being able to impose your will, which in the NFL is a lot harder than college. Of course. Because uh, the, 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 the adults don't take it quite as well. Right. Um, but also, you're, you are you got to have the defense that goes with that. you got to have the defense that keeps giving you back the ball. And if you can hold on to the ball, you can eat the clock, and you can send those kind of messages, you make people panic. And you make people uncomfortable. And when they get uncomfortable, they take chances maybe they shouldn't and that's when offenses get in trouble. Uh, you, know, especially you have a good defense and you run the ball well, you can put a lot of stress on another another offense and another coaching staff that tends to lead to cracks.
0: And since the moment Roquan Smith arrived in Baltimore, they've had, for the most part, that type of defense. It'll be interesting to see if it can play out. Uh, at Randy Cross FB on Twitter is how you follow him. Randy, is there anything we can plug for you, sir?
4: Oh, that's good. I just got done. I mean, we just got done with the college football season for from my end of it. Inside college football is done. So until uh, the draft specials and everything else, uh, the college football world is going to concentrate on our 14 playoff and these bowls coming up. So, does it, Does no, by the way, does it matter? Fantastic
0: finish. It does. It, does any of this matter, or is Georgia just winning the national championship again because they've just sort of separated themselves that 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 significantly.
4: Well, you got to be impressed. Anytime a team gets 15 guys drafted and five in the first round and their defense gets better, yeah. um, that makes zero sense. Yeah. But I, they're, they're the prohibited favorite. That first game is going to determine who the national champion is because I, I don't believe Ohio State is this deeply flawed, non-physical team that Michigan made them look like um, I think they're still extremely talented and extremely dangerous. So I, I think whoever comes out of that semifinal is going to be your champion.
0: Interesting. Very interesting. All right, Randy Cross, truly appreciate you, my friend. Merry Christmas to you, your family. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. No,
4: time. no problem at all. Anytime.
0: Randy Cross from CBS with us here on GCR, three-time Super Bowl champ. Pressboxonline.com slash offers is where you find all of the best offers for signing up for uh, whatever you're looking to do sports betting-wise here in the state of Maryland. For example, $200 in free bets from DraftKings after placing your first $5 bet, or $1,000 in risk-free bets from BetMGM. Pressboxonline.com slash offers. Go right now and get signed up. And it is official, we have a guest now for the Tyus Bowser Show tonight, Devin Duvernay will be joining Tyus Bowser this evening at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill. Hope that you will come join us, 7 o'clock, for that over on Harford Road. The Bowser Show is a partnership of PressBox and Grade 8's memorabilia. It's brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill and Maryland Vascular Specialists. Hope to see you tonight for the Tyus Bowser Show. Find out more PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. Again, Tyus will be joined tonight by Devin Duvernay. All right, we got a few minutes here. Um, still to come this morning, Joe Serpico is going to join us. We'll preview waiver wire Wednesday. We'll get our weekly uh, visit with Patrick Stevens in. Um a lot of frustration from Orioles fans, particularly related to Chris Bassett yesterday, which is interesting to me. I I was not as hot and heavy about Chris Bassett, but I get it in the, in the hey, this is what's out there, this is what's left, and if we don't think it's going to be Carlos Rodon, it's very kind of interesting that Carlos Rodon now is basically the only pitcher, like basically the only one. The guy that was at the top of the list is basically the only one. That's still sitting out there at this point. Um, there was another name that somebody floated out to me that I've forgotten about that was also still a free agent. I'll try to remember who it is in a second. David Price, right? No. David no. Price, in fact, said he was not planning to pitch oh, this year. Okay. Um, Michael, like, Wa- Michael Waka is still yeah. available, but that wasn't even the one that somebody brought up to me. There was something, a name that somebody brought up to me yesterday that I'm telling you I hadn't even thought about. Oh, Eovaldi maybe? Yes. That's exactly yeah. who it was. Nathan Eovaldi. I was like, man, I I hadn't even thought about Nathan Eovaldi. Um so Chris Bassett and Sean Mania both go off the the board yesterday. Um, the more frustrating thing, I think, about Bassett, because Mania went to the Giants, which I think some people are hoping means that takes them out of the Carlos Rodon sweepstakes, but they're saying it does not. Um, the frustrating thing about Bassett is that it's Toronto, that it's not just that it's not Baltimore, that it's Toronto. So it's a double whammy, right? Like, not only do you not get him... But on top of that, one of your competitors to try to you know get into the playoffs gets better in the process, and that understandably is frustrating to Orioles fans. I- I'm not here to try to say anything that makes you feel better. There was an awkwardness to everything about this off season. There was an awkwardness to this season going away that. Frankly, it wasn't supposed to go, and probably the way that internally the Orioles had prepared for everything was never really based around the idea that they were going to be so good in 2022 that there was going to be a demand for a serious you know, drive up as far as salary was concerned in 2023. Now, they had all year to prepare for that. What is really going on? Is it really Mike Elias's decision to say we're not going to spend the money right now? Is it coming from above him? Is it coming from the fact that, you know, the Angelos family is suing each other and they can't spend money right now? All of these things are being put out there into the ether. And I can't tell you any, I can't tell you singularly that any of them is the individual reason why the Orioles haven't spent real money yet this offseason. I, I understand your frustrations. I get your frustrations. This organization, the leadership of this organization, has a burden to prove that they can go to the next step. I keep saying this about, like, for example, Mike Elias, who I have no reason not to like at all. But for me to suddenly believe that Mike Elias can do something, I have no idea if Mike Elias is capable of creating a World Series champion. Yes, he was part of the staff in Houston, but I don't know if he alone, singularly, is capable of doing this. I don't know if the organization is going to give him the resources necessary in order to do it. I am sympathetic to the idea that there are still decisions that need to be made amongst internal candidates for who's a part of this and who isn't. And I reflected that in the column, that there was an awkwardness about the way that we talked about next year. Because there is still, every time we do this, we keep coming away with like the, well, is Anthony Santander part of this? Is Cedric Mullins part of this? Is, you know, you keep doing this without having the answers. And that it is equally as likely. But there are more pieces that aren't here that are going to be part of whatever the Orioles best chance is in this window as there are pieces that already are here. It's just as likely that the group, you know, Gunnar Henderson and Natalie Rutschman are end up being the two. And that the next group is more of the Colton Cousers and Heston Kerstads and Jackson Holidays of the world than it is the, again, Cedric Mullins, Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes, Jorge Mateos of the world. It's frustrating. I am, I'm, I'm with you. I am. I'm not surprised terribly, but it's frustrating there are still things that can be done. They could still add a, a pitcher, a Michael Waka. There are still also bats that are available. They could still make trades. And as I've said a million times, the best thing they could do this offseason is lock up Adley Rutschman long term. It's the most significant thing that they could do for this fan base to discuss commitment is to tie themselves to their own guy that we all believe in. There are still plenty of things the Orioles can do between now and when they report to spring training to make us feel better about the state of the organization than we feel in the moment. Am I confident that they're going to do those things? Of course not. I mean, how could I possibly be? Where would that come from? It would be misplaced for me to say that I'm confident that the Orioles are going to make any of those moves. I know, I know how beat down this fan base is. I know how infuriating it's been to be an Orioles fan. That every time there's a reason for a modicum of joy, it always seems to be followed up by another slap in the face. And we're desperate, desperate, just to have some sort of consistent good news. This season largely provided that. Largely. Adley Rutschman showed up. He was exactly as advertised. Winning came along with him. The pitching was much better. Yes, they weren't quite good enough to be good enough, but there was every reason to think that something was occurring. This season made it feel good to be an Orioles fan. They have not built off of that. They have not used that to project forward. Not yet so far. I am to say I'm willing to be patient, I mean, I don't know what other choice I have. What what would I do if let's just say I wasn't pa- I'm I'm not patient. I mean, they're not gonna fire anyone. You kinda don't have a choice but to be patient. I mean, you could stop being a fan I mean, you could stop being invested. It seems like an odd time to choose to do that given, again, it feels like you're on the ground floor of something that's special. It's, it's not likely that they're going to get rid of Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson and go the other way. You kind of have no choice but to be patient. And that's not fun. It it's It stinks. It, it sucks the life out of you because you're watching. I think Nathan Ruiz tweeted out yesterday all the dollar figures that have been spent by the other teams in the AL East this off season, and here you yeah. are just sort of sitting there like, "Yeah, okay. Uh, what? What about us? What? What about over here? Yeah, the Yankees. Guaranteed money given to free agents by AL East teams so far this season. Yankees, 411 million. Of course, Aaron Judge. Uh, Red Sox, 137 and a half million. Blue Jays." Sixty three million. The rays. The rays. Forty million. Orioles. Ten million. It smacks you upside the face. I mean it really does. It's just it's brutal. So what do you do? I mean, I am not gonna tell you guys that you're wrong to 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 tweet and to frust- show your frustration. I don't ever understand why it gets personal. Like, I'll never understand that. Like, I'll never understand making it personal about someone because you have no idea really who this is. Like, if you knew that Mike Elias was saying, had the the ability to spend money and was saying, but we're just not going to because I don't want to do that. Okay, then I can understand why you'd be frustrated with Mike Elias. If your frustration is with John Angelos, and and if you're trying to do the bit, well, it's the same. It's still the same old Angelos family. I, I have said a million times that's their burden, whether it's fair or not. I don't know that it's fair to John Angelos to hold him to the failings of his father, but it is the burden he carries. I compare it to like Maryland's long drought uh, for winning a national championship in lacrosse wasn't John Tillman's... He wasn't around for four decades. But he still had to inherit it. He still had to shoulder it every day as the coach of the program until they won the 2017 title and obviously won another one this year. You carry that burden whether it's fair or not. John Angelos is not responsible for the failings of his father as the owner of a baseball team. But he does carry his father's name and his father's legacy. And until he shows a different direction, a different path, Orioles fans are going to hold him to that, that that legacy. I'm not telling you that you can't. I'm not telling you that it's wrong. I'm not telling you any of those things. I get it. I get it. I understand. I understand if you wake up and you look around and you say, same old Angelos family. Nothing will ever change. This is why I can't fully get on board. I know our buddy John Little Rock has, has remained that way for years. That when everybody else was getting excited, he was like, dude, it's still the same old Orioles. I get it. I understand. It doesn't make me mad at all. I, I get they have to prove this. Winning some baseball games alone last year does not suddenly energize the totality of the region. The people that are ardent died in the wool baseball fans, many of whom were going out anyway when the team stunk. Yes, they were energized by it. And more of the casual fans were energized by it. Certainly by Adley Rutschman. But the you know, the average, you know, Steve on the street. You gotta do more than that. The Orioles could have used this offseason if they so chose to try to tap into that to try to make it all lift off, if you will. They haven't. Is it a problem to me that you guys want to hold Mike Elias to that word? No, I I I don't know. I I really do think that he he ended up screwing up, you know, by saying what he said and I, we talked about this with Stan on Friday, I think it was a flip comment after he had put his foot in his mouth about the trade deadline, and it created... It, 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 it created a problem that he wasn't prepared to deal with. I just don't think that he could have fathomed how much life that word was going to take within this fan base, and that it was going to create a standard by which he was going to be judged. I don't feel sorry for Michael Elias. Michael Elias is fine. His life is fine. But I don't think he was trying to proclaim we're going to go out and sign a bunch of free agents this offseason in that moment. I think he was trying to proclaim that we've entered into the phase where we're going to try to win. And I do think the Orioles, their goals are going to be to win. Will they be able to do it with the roster at the moment? Eh, You know, I'm skeptical. Not that they can't win games, but can they compete in the AL East? No, I don't think so. Not as constructed. I think they needed help to do do that. They also need other players to take a step up. I feel all of your emotions. I feel all of those frustrations. I still hope there's something. Whatever it is, something. It would be painful for there to be nothing more of significance that occurs between now and the start of spring training it would be a it would be a difficult it'd be very difficult to stomach that for this fan base it it would be tough they'd still show up for the most part if the Orioles win but it would be a real gut punch for there to be no significant news of any sort. Our number one of today's show is in the books. It was also brought to you by your Baltimore-area Chick-fil-A restaurants. If you are looking for a simple holiday meal, try Chick-fil-A catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. When we come back in, we are going to preview Waiver Wire Wednesday. Are you picking up Brock Purdy for the playoffs? It's unreal sentence that we're talking about. We'll talk about it with Joe Serpico from PressBox next. It's Glenn Clark Radio.
5: Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit and stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop
0: Join the Maryland Jockey Club at Laurel Park for Christmastide Steaks Day on Monday, December 26. An exciting day of live horse racing awaits you with a whopping six steaks races worth $600,000 in prize money. Plus, enjoy a specially curated steaks buffet, a delicious hot chocolate bar, and hot cider cocktails. It may be cold, but Laurel Park has plenty of horse racing excitement, food, and beverages to keep you warm. Don't miss Christmastide Steaks Day at Laurel Park. Visit laurelpark.com. For more info.
6: Another Orioles season is in the books, and the around was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off season, discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressbox. Online and Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or listen live at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. So tune into the bat Around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at PressBox Sports.
0: Need a last-minute gift for a kid in your life? How about a membership to the Retriever Kids Club? It includes free youth admission to all regular season UMBC home games, plus a t-shirt and a drawstring backpack. Membership is only $30 five dollars it's a great deal makes a tremendous holiday gift visit umbcretrievers.com slash kids club for more info membership is for kids 12 and under the retriever kids club find out more umbcretrievers.com slash kids club if you can't listen or watch live you can
3: subscribe to the show via spotify amazon or apple podcasts leave a five-star
0: review while you're there or if lying isn't your thing
3: We'll take a a three-and-a-half-star review, too.
0: All right, back in here on GCR. Glory Day's Grill, that's where we're going to be come Monday night. Come Monday, we'll be at Glory Day's Grill. Come Monday, I'll be shoving the twisted ribs and wings combo in my face. Come hang out with Drew and I on Monday night from 6 to 8 p.m. at Glory Day's Grill here in Towson. We need you to just bring out uh, toiletries, bring out... um, You know, soaps and shampoos and toothbrushes, toothpaste and razors, all those things. We need those things for the folks at Helping Up Mission. So if you don't mind stopping by, picking some of those up and coming out to hang with us on Monday night, we greatly appreciate it. We will be at Glory Days Grill right here in Towson. Looking forward to uh, seeing you at 6 to 8 p.m. You can enjoy anything from the Comfort Classics menu. It's just going to be a great night to hang out. That's it. Just a good night to hang out. Lift up the folks at Helping Up Mission. That's all we're asking you to do for the holidays is come by and hang with us on Monday from 6 to 8 p.m. If for some reason you just say, hey, Glenn, it's just not practical for me to get out and shop for toiletries, stop by anyway, and if you can make a little cash donation, that would be great. I mean, that would be wonderful if you could do that, and uh, we will put that towards what we collect for the folks at Helping Up Mission do still need, I think, like five more people to sign up for our Bull Pick'em Contest. Very simple. Five more people, $20, 50-50 Bull Pick'em Contest. Half of the pot will go to the winner. The other half of the pot goes to Helping Up Mission. We need about five more folks to sign up. So all you got to do, just Venmo me at Glenn-Clark or at GlennClark180 on PayPal Dollar sign Glenn Clark Radio on Cash App. Any of those ways work. If you need to do something else, hit me up, glennclarkradio at gmail.com or at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. We'll work our way through it. But we need like five more people to sign up for our Bowl Pick'em contest. The games start on Friday. No excuses, particularly if you were one of our regulars. I've decided not to do too much name calling, but like I know who you are, and it's going to sadden me if you didn't get involved with us. Bowl Pick'em contest. Just picking outright winners of the bowl games. No one has an advantage because you know no one has any idea who's playing in these games. So get signed up right now again at Glenn Clark Radio, or sorry at Glenn Dash Clark on Venmo, Glenn Clark 180 on PayPal and uh, Cash App, dollar sign Glenn Clark Radio. Twenty dollars gets you in fifty-fifty charity bowl pick'em contest to benefit the Helping Up Mission. It is Tuesday. Every Tuesday we preview waiver Wire. Wednesday, the playoffs get underway this week. Who is helping us? And some of us need all the help that we can get. Joining us now, PressBox Fantasy Football analyst Joe Serpico with us on GCR. Joe, what's going on, man? How are you? Uh,
7: it's Tuesday of, uh, like you said, it's a playoff week for some, for others. Maybe you start next week. And uh, in my two leagues, I went 1-1, one one, so one up playoff spoiler for somebody else in my league
0: yeah that's uh i've got i think i'm i think i'm, I'm definitely out in one i didn't even check in the third i actually should do that right now i know i'm in in one the one league that i care about the most so that's all that i really care about at the moment Let, let's talk about waiver wire wednesday let's talk about brock purdy because we have to talk about brock purdy uh is brock purdy a man at this point that could potentially carry you if you've been dealing with like you know that the for example in my in in one of my leagues, I'm looking at Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson and saying, I don't feel great about any of this. Should I be thinking about Brock Purdy this week?
8: Ooh, I,
7: I didn't even consider that to be brutally honest. Uh, but now looking at the numbers, I can see why you are considering it, uh, and especially since it was another uh, rough week for quarterback injuries. Uh, Russell Wilson went down with a concussion. We know about Tyler Huntley. Um, I'm blanking on another. Oh, Kenny Pickett also went out. And and then Tyler Murray just last night. So, yeah, it's all of a sudden the quarterbacks are a dime a dozen right now. Um, it's kind of hard to trust on a rookie guy that was drafted in the seventh round. But at the same time, I think uh played well. who follows got NFL yeah, anybody who follows the NFL whatsoever just knows that Kyle Shanahan just seems a uh, offensive guru. So he knows how to put a uh, Brock Purdy in those uh, in situations to win. And then they do have a pretty enticing matchup with the Seahawks upcoming. My only concern there is that it's all Thursday, um, so there is a really kind of a quick turnaround. Uh, I, I don't know how much game planning they're really going to get to do just because of that. Um, so Purdy, yeah, I mean, if you are in, let's say, a two-team league and you really need somebody or you're really, really hurting, maybe you can consider Brock Purdy. But I think, for for my taste, he's probably going to be sitting somewhere in between, the let's say, the 15 to the 20 range of your quarterback. So
0: you're still playing in Aaron Rodgers over a Brock Purdy this week?
7: Yeah, my reason being, so Aaron Rodgers typically has been electric on Monday Night Football. The Rams' defense right now has been... Uh, a shell of itself, to say the least. Uh, you know the injuries to Aaron Donald and then Jalen Ham's Jalen Ramsey just looks like he's just nowhere near the same player he used to be. So the Rams are beatable now, as opposed to in years past where you tried to avoid them. Uh, but the you know the Packers on Monday night, I'm I, I still trusting them, or I should say, I guess, still trusting Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I, I say at this time of year, you kind of want to trust on the guys who got you this far. Now that doesn't mean to not look at certain matchups, but if you know if you've been riding somebody for let's say, uh, you know, thirteen of the, the 15, fourteen weeks we've gone so far, there's no reason why to just all of a sudden start overthinking things. So Aaron Rodgers over Purdy for for now. If we you know, I still need to see another game. I'm one of those that doesn't like to uh, overreact after one game. And I don't know, man. Know, start plugging somebody in that I bet spot. But
0: he played well against Miami too. You know, like I'm. Uh, uh... Uh, it's very difficult for me because I don't trust Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do there. Um, another name that I didn't see on your list that is interesting to folks around here because he's, of course, a former Terp, um, Chigaconquo in Tennessee. is starting to look to me like he can become an, an option when you're looking at the wasteland uh, that has been the tight end position.
7: Yeah, so I had him actually today in today's piece as somebody as a sleeper that you want to use if you're doing, let's say, a daily fantasy lineup. He's definitely getting uh, featured more in the lineup. Uh, Again, though, he's just somebody that I'm a little bit hesitant to rely on because the Titans don't really pass uh, pass the ball a ton. There's still Austin Hooper there. If it was his job solely, absolutely, I would be all in on but because Hooper's still there and Hooper is still getting... Uh, the majority of the staff's at tight end, and he's getting just as many, if not more, looks than Okonkwo currently. Uh, it, that's just more of a situation where the Titans right now, their receiving core is a little banged up, so they're kind of relying on pretty much everybody, anybody else that they've got available to them right now. I do think Okonkwo might be a guy, let's say, next year to consider as maybe a, a late sleeper, but for the time being, I mean, we've talked about tight ends all year long. It's it's hard to, to trust anybody, so if you wanted to give a Conkwell a shot, I don't blame you, especially if you're uh, really struggling to find somebody there, but if you have uh, better options, I would uh, probably consider those. Some guys, you know, Cole Komet, even Hunter Handler, he Tyler Conklin are still guys I still trust a little bit more over Conklin
0: right now all right so who are guys that are actually worthy of waiver claims at this point not just guys you know that you'd pick up on Thursday and guys that are that should be on rosters but who of if anyone then is actually worthy of using on a waiver claim at this point as you get ready for the playoffs
7: well, I talked about the quarterback situation earlier. Uh, somebody who's kind of gone under the radar as of late has been Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I don't know if he's available in some leagues. Boy, uh, he's, if he's available, uh, I'm, I'm
0: jealous of the league that you are in. My God, I, what I would give. Well, he's available, let's put it this way.
7: He's available in two of the three leagues that I'm in, uh, that? but How? which surprised me as well. How? Uh, maybe come, come join us next year. Man. No doubt. I could, I could use some competition. <laughs> but, no, uh, it's Lawrence's. Like I said, gone a little bit under the radar. He hasn't thrown an interception since week eight. He's got 70 percent of his passes completed and I think it's four of his last five, and he's coming off that best game of the year. Uh, I know the Cowboys and Jets are looming, uh, but you know, we've kind of seen lately that the Jaguars, they've got weapons. They're not a team that just kind of lays, lays down anymore, like we've seen in years past. Doug Peterson seems to have them uh, trending up, I mean, between Marr and CTN, uh, Zay Jones. Evan Ingram, you know, they're starting to look like a formidable offense. And, you know, Lawrence is obviously leading the way there. So if Lawrence is available, that's a guy I would consider. Um, We talked about Donovan Knight the past couple weeks. He's definitely another name. uh, If he's somehow still out there, scoop him up. It looks like it's his job moving forward. I know we've also talked about the Kansas City backfield quite a bit. I'm finally buying into Isaiah Pacheco's uh, run It's not just because he's getting double-digit carries every week, but he's also getting featured in the passing game. He's got six catches in the past three weeks. I know that doesn't sound like a whole lot, but six in the past three weeks compared to three in all weeks prior, that's a little bit of uh, something you should be keeping an eye on. Uh, And I mentioned the other two Jaguars, uh, Zay Jones and Evan Ingram, they've both become lately target monsters, especially Zay Jones. We saw what he did against the Ravens. Uh, Twelve targets this week, 15 targets from Evan Ingram, not even. We've talked about how bad it is, the tight end position. I don't care what your situation looks like at tight end. It's hard to argue 15 targets for any player. I believe he was also the leading scorer, um, at least through the 1 o'clock window. I don't know if that held up uh, with the 4 o'clock in the later games. So, yeah, I like a bunch of Jags this week, even though they've got some tough matchups looming. But other than that, I mean, we can kind of talk about your backup running backs. I know I've talked about that a lot in the past uh, but those guys maybe are not so much somebody you uh, want to use a waiver claim on. Maybe those are guys you want to pick up on Thursday.
0: Yeah, that's that's the sense that I get there. I will point out, Joe, is Joe Serpico, PressBoxOnline.com, fantasy football analyst, is with us here on GCR. I will point out that I, a few years ago, stopped using waiver claims on a defense and just was willing to take whatever defense was sitting there because it always felt like there was at least a good matchup to be had. but. You know, this is this is the playoffs we're talking about, and I do kind of throw that out the window. Um, is there a particular defense that you recommend? I'll give you an example in why in the in this one league I'm staring at the Broncos against Colt McCoy. That seems pretty good. Um, the Vikings yep. against the Colts are out there. The Panthers are against the Steelers. Is is again twofold. Would you use a waiver claim to grab one of those, or would you say, "Hey, there's a bunch of good options there. Hold out and just pick one of the whatever's left when you get to Thursday"?
7: I would hold out just because, depending on your league size, I mean, hopefully, you don't. You're not in a league where uh, the guys that are out of the playoffs are picking up. Uh, Defenses, uh, it's it's
0: quite it's quite the pen- it's quite the penalty for finishing last in this particular league. So I do think that even the teams that are in the 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 trash bracket uh might still be involved with the waiver wire process because it it is it is painful what uh what you're asked to do should you lose this league. Uh,
7: maybe I'll be seeing them at Waffle House. Nah, it's uh, it's more or, like or, or
0: a yeah, it's more like you're responsible for beers for the entire year like and there's you got to pay the winners way into the league next year. This just—it's a lot. It's a sizable penalty for losing the league.
7: Well, good. I I like leagues like that that keep everybody involved until year's end. In my you know, in my particular leagues, we pay out the highest score every week. So even if you know, even if you're done, uh, technically out of the playoffs, I like that money I like
0: yeah, make
7: some of your money back from your from your initial uh, from your initial buy-in uh again but i don't know if i'm willing to i i know like i said before you want to play some matchups this time of year uh, and you know what go for it because considering there's probably if you have any fab money left i mean who's really left for us at this time of year to to use that if there's a matchup you really like um you mentioned the vikings that's one that i had mentioned in weeks prior another one that i i mentioned this week in my article was the was the raiders uh yeah, sure. Letting Baker Mayfield make that comeback after being there for, I think the number was like 40 hours and whatnot, that was kind of embarrassing. But all in all, the Raiders defense did play pretty well. They still held them to under 17 points. And this week they got the Patriots. You know, Mac Jones is. Is somebody that doesn't scare me whatsoever as a quarterback, and then the following week they got the Steelers, whether it's Pickett or Mitch Trubisky, uh, you know that's a favorable matchup there. So, so I like to see so those guys. You, you, you like know, those? You can't pay attention to their offenses that are that are you know, especially the Raiders' case really scare you, yeah. but you know defensively the Raiders are actually not too bad, especially when they got two elite pass rushers. So you like those there. better
0: than the Broncos against Colt McCoy?
7: Well, yeah. Well, that see that was a little bit surprising when you said that because I would assume the Broncos. Should Fantasy wise, I believe they're a top ten defense, and then all in all, they're considered a top ten defense. So that surprised me a little bit. They're available, so if they're available, yes, absolutely. Okay. I was more considering guys or defensive units that are you know maybe more forgotten about. But yeah, if the Broncos are available, absolutely go after that. that kind of shocks me that they're an option for
0: you. All right, very good. At well, I mean, they, I think maybe somebody probably dropped them because they were playing the Chiefs last week. Because if I if I had to guess, that was probably the scenario there. At Joe Serp on Twitter is how you follow him. You can see his stuff every day at PressBoxOnline.com. I pray I'm still alive in some capacity when we speak again next Tuesday, Joe. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us.
7: That makes two of us. I'll talk to you then. Sounds
0: good, buddy. Joe Serpico with us here on GCR. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. And, of course, don't forget pressboxonline.com slash offers. Still time, but these these offers are not going to last for forever. These are all unique to the still us being in the infancy of mobile sports betting here in the state of maryland so the longer you wait the less likely you are to be able to take advantage of great sign-up offers you know like for example if you go right now to pressboxonline.com offers you could hypothetically get $100 in free bets from barstool after you place your first $10 bet or up to $1,500 in risk-free bets from caesars that's all available pressboxonline.com slash offers. All right, when we come back in, Patrick Stevens joins us. Of course, our college sports guru, Washington Post. We will chat about the um, rough week for Maryland, a couple of losses. They got UCLA next. Also, Patrick covered a lot of Navy football over the years, so we'll talk to him about Kenny a lot, Lolo as well. All that on the way. Glenn Clark Radio. Join the Maryland Jockey Club at Laurel Park for Christmas Tide Steaks Day on Monday, December 26th. An exciting day of live horse racing awaits you with a whopping six steaks races worth $600,000 in prize money. Plus, enjoy a specially curated steaks buffet, a delicious hot chocolate bar, and hot cider cocktails. It may be cold, but Laurel Park has plenty of horse racing excitement, food, and beverages to keep you warm. Don't miss
2: Christmas Tide Steaks Day at Laurel Park. Visit laurelpark.com for more info. The
0: weather outside is really unpleasant, so it's time to warm up with some comfort classics this winter at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Try the twisted ribs and wings combo. It's two full pounds of meat, the mac and cheese bites, Mr. Richard's meatloaf, the citrus salmon, the winter spinach salad, and for dessert, here's internet radio personality Griffin Bass to tell you about the bourbon butter cake. Oh my god, it's so good. Pair it with a blood orange bourbon cider or a devil's backbone cranberry smash. Place your order now at glorydaysgrill.com at Grill.
2: boulevard
0: looking for a simple holiday meal try chick-fil-a catering from chick-fil-a nuggets to mac and cheese enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get together order through the chick-fil-a app and bring smiles to your family gathering availability and order requirements vary see restaurant for details tune in to simply the bets
3: every tuesday and weekend at bookies every other thursday at 11 40 a.m and if you really have nothing better to do Keep listening to this show, too.
0: If you missed it yesterday, of course, we were talking to Orioles earlier this morning. Stan, the fan, Charles, Ross Grimsley. We're joined by Rich Dubroff of BaltimoreBaseball.com. You can find that conversation right now, Facebook.com slash Sports, YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. Those are all of the locations to find that particular conversation. This is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Of course, today we will be doing Simply the Bets, trying to get you ready for the week of sports betting. Aaron Oster will check in with us, as will our guy Leon Twyman. That's all coming up on Simply the Bets this morning, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. The UMBC women's basketball team has a big game this Sunday against American. And then start thinking about your plans for New Year's Day Because there is a huge showdown game occurring at the peak. The UMBC men hosting Vermont in a rematch of last year's America East Championship game. You can get your tickets for both of those games right now by going to umbcretrievers.com and experience game day at Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena. Let's talk a little more college basketball, some college sports in general. Joining us now, as he does every Tuesday morning, he is our friend, Mr. Patrick Stevens from The Washington Post. You follow him on Twitter, at Discourse, D1S Course. Patrick, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, Glenn. How are you this morning? I'm all right. Before we get into uh, Maryland and college basketball for the week, I know you covered a lot of Navy football over the years, and you spent a lot of time around Kenya, Montalolo, just what was your reaction to the news on Saturday, some of the fallout that, that we've you know, found out about over the course of the last 48 hours or so?
8: I mean, I, I, I think the first word that, that came to mind was disappointing. Uh, disappointing that, that a guy that um, had, had done so much for, for that program and, and, and that athletic department uh, was basically cut loose, I think, a year early uh and, and at least a year early uh and i i get that things are about wins and losses and whatnot but at at, at the academy in particular um at the service academies in particular it, it, there is a leadership component in there and, and there are certain people that that are just such good fits for a place uh and, and when there are some mitigating circumstances and, and i do think regardless of what chet glad had to say yesterday that that the pandemic set them back more than just a game um, more than just that BYU game to start the 2020 season. Uh, I, I think that that was a, a situation where uh, th- there were, there were challenges that there are, there are certain challenges that are reasonable to expect somebody to overcome. And then there are certain challenges that just aren't in the playbook. And, you know, I, I think it goes simply, it goes beyond Navy in a lot of ways on the, on the pandemic stuff. But uh, I, I would tell you that, that, Kenya Matalolo is one of the most genuine and decent people I've come across in sports or outside of sports. Uh, and I think it was, you know, I think it was a little ominous last year uh, when you saw the Ivan Jasper stuff and and him being fired as offensive coordinator mm-hmm. and brought back as quarterback's coach in about a 48-hour span. And You know, when you think about Navy over the last 20 years, one of the remarkable things about that program has been the stability. And that kind of You know, chipped away at that. Even even if Jasper remained, it kind of showed a few fissures uh, in in how that program was operating relative to you know the boss uh, and and what have you. So that was a little disconcerting. And I think you know for this year, uh, let's face it. There's there's two things uh, that you can sit there and, and look at. Uh, for this particular season, if they beat Delaware and if they if they beat Army, mm-hmm. they beat the win their opener against Delaware and they beat Army at the end. They're six and six, and, and we're not even having this conversation. We might not be having this conversation if they they simply win a coin flip game against Army. And you know, with just how capricious uh, college overtime is, to to think that there is a possibility, regardless of what was said, um, that you're making a coaching decision based on a coin flip type game like
4: that is kind of mind boggling.
8: So, you know, I, I think that the leadership component is one of those things that stands out. And I should point this out too, and, and I don't want to get into um, every last little detail on this, but it wasn't Ken Neomatololo's idea to go join the American Athletic Conference. And it wasn't his idea to to go play Cincy in Central Florida and a number of other programs those two in particular are leaving, Mm -hmm. um, the, the AAC, you know, if if they had, if they had remained independent and basically taken the, the Navy, the army approach, the current army approach, we wouldn't be having this conversation either because they would have gone out. They would have played Notre Dame. They would have played a couple other high end games. Uh, they would have played their service Academy rivals. They would have sprinkled in an FCS team. They would have sprinkled in, you know, UConn and UMass and and some other games. and, And we would be sitting here talking about a seven and five. So, you know, I, I think that a lot of the reasons for why things are not as good as they were maybe 10 years or so ago uh, stem from decisions that go beyond football, whether it's the conference, whether it's uh, the pandemic, et cetera. I will point this out, and I, I do think it is fair criticism of Navy's program over the last five years that there has not been a steady you know, consistent quarterback successor to that line that had Kipo, that had Dobbs, that had Keenan Reynolds, Malcolm Perry obviously had a great senior season. I, I, let's face it. Malcolm Perry did a lot of that stuff beyond the confines of a traditional triple option offense. Mm-hmm. That was just, that was just give the ball to your best yep. player and let him go do something. Yep. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that because they went 11 and two. But I do think that that is a fair criticism of of where nadie has been over the last five seasons or so but with the league about to get measurably easier with cincy central florida houston leaving and a a a a group of teams some some are good like utsa is really good uh and some of them are are either in some flux like uab with uh you know their longtime coach retiring and trent dilfer coming in or programs that have really struggled to get much traction all over the years, whether that's a Rice or, or, or a Charlotte or somebody like that, that league becomes a lot more manageable starting this season, this coming season. So, you know, dis- disappointing is, is the word there to me uh, on, on that decision. You, you, just, you just would have thought that, that with all of the stuff, um, whether it's mitigating circumstances or what was accomplished, that there there might have been a little more wiggle room to operate with there. So, disappointing is the word.
0: Well, we wholeheartedly agree about that. Um, let, let me ask you this question. Is it fair, given what you just brought up about the future of the AAC, it, is it reasonable to think that whoever the next coach ends up being at Navy, that the standard can be bowl eligibility and winning the Commanders-in-Chief trophy more often than you don't? Is it... it just knowing what you know about the job, about everything that goes into it is, are those reasonable standards to have for the next coach of Navy football?
8: The six wins part, probably. Um, I would not say that winning a majority, not 50, not 50% plus one, mm-hmm. maybe 50% isn't unrealistic, but part of the, the deal. And I say this in other sports too. I know we've talked about this in the lacrosse world. Like, you can control what you control. You, you can't control how competent your rivals are yep. at the same time. Like you have a little bit of control in terms of, you know, do you recruit if you have overlapping recruiting and whatnot, there's a little bit of control there, but you know, part of, part of Navy's problem right now. And part of Kenya Matalolo's problem over the last seven years was that army got competent. Like our army basically decided that it wanted to be competitive in those, in those commander in chief's trophy games. And they hired somebody with extensive experience running triple option offense and really modernized their program. Not necessarily modernized in the sense of, of oh, they're playing a, a sophisticated 21st right. century offense right. and all that. But, but but modernized everything behind the scenes. Like, you can't control what Army and Air Force do behind the scenes. There's also the point, and, and I, I, I think that it's a fair thing for a coach to bring up about how, you know, Air Force – held back some of its guys and, and 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 what have you during the pandemic and suddenly you're you've got four fourth year guys against fifth and sixth year guys and, and, and whatnot and the army does a little bit too. That I think that's just something you gotta deal with. You can you can ask for it. There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, we can can we look into this too. Uh, but that's one of those things that just kind of comes with the territory of of, of being at an academy that has its own whims that it's going to follow, which is unfortunate, obviously. That is something that I do think does make it marginally tougher uh, to be able to win those games. And let's face it, go look at the final scores of this year's Commander-in-Chief Trophy game.
0: Right, they're right there. I mean, yeah.
8: there's it's, what, 13-7, to 20-17, and... What was the what was the Air Force Army game? Was it like 17-7 no, or 10 yeah, 7 it, or, it was definitely an it, under. Yeah. It, it, it was yeah. It, it was, yeah it, it, there there was there was not a lot of difference between those two teams and yeah. those three teams. So, you know, do you expect to win two coin tosses every year if everybody is operating at a at a reasonably efficient rate in terms of how you're running your program? You know, sometimes it really is a lucky bounce or two along the way.
0: No question. No question. All right. Um, Patrick Stevens is with us here on GCR. Let's move over to basketball. And, you know, I, I, I guess I, I guess somebody would say it's a disappointing week for Maryland because they went 0-2 and and more that they went 0-2 in two games that were winnable, right? Like they could have won either of those games against Wisconsin or uh, against Tennessee. They didn't get either one. I don't think either one of them is a, a bad loss in any way. Um, just maybe kind of learning the, the difficulty, maybe this one of the growing pains is they still have to be able to, to kind of close the gap in these very difficult 50 50 games if they're going to take that next step that you and I were talking about beyond just being a team that's competing to get into the NCAA tournament.
8: Yeah, I, I almost don't even write, read too much into the Wisconsin game like that that felt like a okay, you're going to Madison, it's a trip to the dentist. You know, it's never going to be a lot of fun. And that game kind of unfolded almost paint by numbers. Like you kind of knew that it was going to be that kind of game. And, you know, was Maryland was Maryland the 13th best team in the country? I, I certainly expressed those doubts here, and I've expressed it to a lot of other people, too. Good team, probably not the 13th best team. In the sure. Team. Uh, I think the Tennessee game, you know, certainly that first half was one of those that you figured they were going to have four or five of those over the course of the season. Games where they were just overwhelmed, they didn't get much inside, yada, yada, yada. And then played really well in the second half to to kind of make a, a game of it. In some ways, it reminded me of when Maryland went up to play Seton Hall a few years ago and just played that awful first half up there right after finals against the Kevin Willard coach team and, and then came back to make it close. But it was, it was a really hard-on-the-eyes type of game. I think the thing you take away from that game is that Maryland played good defense, and they played good defense pretty much all the way through. They got helped by the fact that Tennessee couldn't make any free throws, which was more than offset by the fact that Maryland couldn't make any three-pointers. So you, you have a scenario where Julian Reese can only play 23 minutes because of foul trouble, and you go 2-24 of 24 from three. Let's face it, that is not going to be a winning formula for this team. Uh, there, is, there is less margin for error for these guys than I think what people would like there to be over the long haul. So there's only so many things that can go wrong for this bunch. And, you know, they were playing a really good Tennessee team that defends pretty well. Probably doesn't defend well enough to be, you know, keeping people to 2 of 24 <laughs> from 3 on a regular basis. But, but a good defensive team So give them their, 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 their applause right there. So neither of those losses really hurts. You know, like I said last week, you know those this four-game stretch. You know, can you get a split? If you get a split, it's kind of game on. You're feeling good about things. So uh, they're kind of on a spot to to go get that UCLA thing. If not, then it's going to be uh, you know a lot in Big Ten play that they're going to have to do. It certainly helps to see a team like a Miami continuing to play well. That's a a, a victory from earlier in non-conference play. That if that can be valuable, uh, that can do a little bit of heavy lifting for them.
0: So let's talk about the UCLA thing. Can they get that win against UCLA tomorrow night? A wonderful
8: question. Uh, and, and the answer, can they? Sure. Sure, they can. Will they? That's a, that's an equally good question. Um, that's a team that uh, has obviously been playing a lot better since it lost those two games in Vegas. Uh, they were it, it was an extremely frustrated bunch uh, that lost to Baylor in particular in those back-to-back games out there. And since then, they have, handled their business without too much of a significant threat. They, they beat Oregon by nine at home uh, a week ago this past Sunday. So uh, you have a team coming East. uh, So you, you wonder whether the time change will have any sort of impact at all. Uh, A team that plays really good offense, a team that is extremely experienced between Jaime Jaquez and uh, Tiger Campbell and and Jalen Clark and all those guys. So, uh, it is a definite test for Maryland. It is a definite experienced team coming in. Uh, and so it'll be a, it'll be a good uh, opportunity to see how do these guys deal with, you know, you're staring at two losses in a row right now. Does it go to three before you, you have a, a break of about a week or so? Uh, and so I, I think Maryland puts up a pretty competitive game. Uh, I don't know if they win. It might be, again, to, to go back to the last confer- portion of our conversation, Maybe this is another coin toss game, uh, which isn't the worst thing in the world. It, it, at the end of the day, they'll have found themselves, let's say they lose a tight game, they'll have found themselves in four fairly tight games uh, over, the, over that stretch, which, you know, if you go one and three, it's not as good as going two and two, but having not had your doors blown off in any of them would, would at least kind of show that you're operating on a fairly even playing field uh, relative to some really, really good teams
0: yeah that's I, I think that's a really good point right that the matter in which you they've played in these games even if the results you know haven't been what they want it does it, it is relevant it's relevant that they're competing with these teams again remembering that this is the first year of a of a new coach with a team that is still, you know, not particularly deep, that's very much incomplete, and yet they are being competitive with some of the best teams in the country. Like, again, whatever the results may be, that does matter to some extent.
8: And let, let's not kid ourselves on this either. I, I think the one thing that you take away basically since that Cop and State game is their defense has been really good. Everybody yeah. wanted to talk about how good the offense looked yeah. in the early going. But the defense is something you can control more on a game-to-game basis. I mean, obviously, sometimes you run into somebody or some some person or some team that's just shooting the snot out of the ball, but you can largely, you have more control over that than, well, maybe I'm not having a great day shooting, or maybe I'm running into a good defensive team, uh, and so I feel like, you know, that is the most welcome sign of what we've seen this month from Maryland, that, you know, they kept Illinois to 66, you know, they they kept Wisconsin to about a point per possession on the road. You know, at the end of the day, as as awful as 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 a watch as that Tennessee game was, they kept Tennessee to 56 points. Yep, uh, on a neutral court. So the, if you keep somebody to 56, you're going to have a chance just about any time, eh, unless unless you're like Loyola the other night up at Mount St.
0: Mary's, which we should probably talk <laughs> about too. Um, I, I was I was going to go to uh, the Navy first, but we can do that if you like. Obviously, Loyola gets UNBC this evening. Uh, they they have to figure out a way to score some more points at some point.
8: That, uh, that, that, I mean, I, I don't mean to be mean here, but that was really one of the, one of the poorest offensive performances yeah. I've ever seen. Uh, Mount, Mount St. Mary's was down its top two scores, was up 24-10 at halftime on Loyola in the 177th edition of the Catholic Clash. Matt was up 49-23 with 220 to go. And Loyola put on a press and was able to generate some baskets and narrowed the gap to 51 34. But it was a rough, rough go for the Greyhounds. And by the way, I mean, Mount St. Mary's with 51 points, I, I think they knew it was going to be tough to score points without their two leading scorers. Uh, and so, you know, all credit to the Mountaineers for, for playing some pretty good defense uh, and, and for grinding that out. But if you're Loyola and you, you put up 34, and it's not just that the ball isn't going to the basket. There, there were times where you didn't know if the ball was going off the rim, and you know, two of nineteen from three. It was, it was a really, really rough watch for for that team, and to get pounded on second chance points, twenty two to two. When you have all those misses, oof. That there is, there are some serious questions I think for just how well Loyola is going to be able to to navigate some things, and obviously they haven't played this poorly uh, in in any games previously this season. Uh, but you know, when you have a couple veteran guards who have combined for 2,000 points in their career, and they manage two points in a game in a theoretical rivalry game, I, I don't know if that game means quite as much as it once did. Uh, that you're you're asking yourself some questions, and now uh, you're going up against a UNBC team that can that it's can put the ball in the basket. Yeah, you know, yeah. now UNBC is is nothing to write home about defensively, particularly on the perimeter, and maybe that's exactly what Loyola needs to run into a team that's allowing opponents to shoot better than 40% from the outside. Uh, but the team that I saw the other night, I'm not sure they could have made, they could have made 30% against anybody. Uh, it was, it was a rough, rough go. And so that's certainly two teams heading in separate, separate directions. UMBC having won four in a row, uh, since that loss to Georgetown, uh, and they win this game and, and they pretty much, uh, gotten through all of their local rivals. They've beaten Morgan and Coffin as well. They obviously have Maryland at the end of the month. Uh, but uh, basically, uh, Crown and Baltimore City, Baltimore Metro yeah, champions. The, if the, they, uh, the battle if of Baltimore, they win
0: game. right? No doubt. By the way, it sounds like what you're saying is maybe it was fortunate that I was not available to do the broadcast tonight at Loyola because that's... That's rough. Um, The I think the the big story locally was uh, what turned out to be a really good game on Sunday between Navy and Towson and a Navy team that you had pointed out. You know, it tripped up a couple of times. That's a really good win for them.
8: It is, and and there's there's a few things here that are worth pointing out on on both sides. We'll start with Navy, Uh, and, and Navy. You know, Christian Jones is a guy that had barely played his first three years, and you know, he has he has played some really good basketball as a senior, moved into the starting lineup a little bit earlier in the season. He had a career-high 20, had a huge three late in regulation, another one to put him ahead in overtime. And then you get a guy like Nate Allison, who scores 14, uh, had a late bucket in the first half to really kind of mute Towson a little bit after they dominated much of the last five minutes, and then played really well on a day where, where Navy just didn't have a great outing from Daniel Deaver. Uh, Navy was Navy gave up a twenty to five run late in the first half. Comes back early in the second, tightens it up, falls behind by nine with eight minutes to go. Comes back, forces overtime. In fact, had the lead. It took a it took a, a little bit of late work by Towson to get it to overtime. Uh, so a good win for Navy, having come off some losses to Lipscomb and VMI and and uh, and West Virginia as well. And so that's a that's a good spot for them, being able to get that going into finals. Uh, they'll play, uh, they'll play Washington college and VCU coming out of finals. That uh, I think a lesson was learned last year playing Towson right after finals down there. It's Not a, not a good spot on the calendar for that. Uh, so, uh, they'll have a few days after finals wrap up before they head down to VCU. Uh, but maybe having some options, findings, finding some things, uh, and, and just kind of going about their business. And I, I think too, you know, they kind of junked it up against the Towson team that is down at two point top two point guards uh in both jason gibson who remains out uh and that really uh you know the longer that goes the more you wonder how long it's going to be before he gets back i I think towson expects to see Radir hicks back in time uh for this saturday uh when they go out to chicago to play northern iowa and that's going to help them immensely i mean you can sit there and talk all you want you know and pat scary brushed it aside as an excuse you don't have your top two point guards, and you're basically yeah, playing without a point guard. Yep. That's not an excuse. That's a reason. That's a reason, yep. that's a reason why, you're not playing, why you're not playing as well as you could. And the fact is, is that Towson down, down its two point guards yeah, nearly almost beat went to Clemson right. and, won, <laughs> right. and then and then you know, was in an overtime game against a really solid Navy team. So that tells you a little something about how good Towson is. Also worth noting is that aside from a stretch early in the second half, first two or three minutes, it didn't really have a a great day from Charles Thompson. Didn't really get it inside to him a whole time. He had foul trouble in the first half and then Navy was able to keep it away from him. Uh, So if you have a scenario against Towson where, you know, you, or where you essentially neutralize Charles Thompson and Jason Gibson isn't playing, you know, that kind of narrows their path to victory a little bit. So they, they got an okay day out of Nicholas Timberlake. Wasn't great. Got an okay day out of Cam Holden. Wasn't great. Had eight turnovers. Uh, You know, in their current situation, they need those top three guys to play really well. That's just sort of the, the long and the short of it for them. So you know, I think for Towson, uh, a good spot now for them to at least be off the road a little bit. I mean, the the schedule that, that Scary put together, I mean, think about what they've been up to here over the last month, having gone to UMass, Penn, UNC Greensboro, the three days in Savannah, uh, up to LIU, and then to Clemson. Uh, they have two road games, a neutral site and a road game before Christmas. But I think what they need is just kind of a breeder as much as anything else, not in terms of competition, but just a few days to kind of catch their breath and and, and get themselves situated correct.
0: All right, it's time for our game. Can Patrick Stevens name the MLB teams this particular player has played for? And Patrick, our first one this week is tough, but it it was a request that came in. Uh, Dan pointed out that his nephew... Played for this particular former MLB player because he's the head baseball coach at Severna Park, and I believe the first time we've ever had a former Terp make an appearance in this game. Only a one-time All Star, did once pitch a no-hitter.
8: Four teams,
0: yes. I, I, we'll talk about it afterwards for Eric Milton.
8: Well, Eric Milton was definitely a Twin, and that's what I remember him for a lot. Yes. Um. Was
0: Eric Milton a Philly? He most certainly was in 2004. In fact, he had an exceptional wins-loss record. But listen to these numbers. 14-6 and 6 with a 4.75
8: ERA. Oh, man. Yeah, in 2004. Okay. He so spent, Eric Milton has
0: two other stops. Yes, he spent the next three seasons somewhere and then returned in 2009 after spending 2008 out of baseball.
8: Okay. So he came back in '09 to play someplace else, and he played for somebody in '05 to '07. Yes. Um, am I remembering him as a pirate?
0: No, not as a
8: pirate. Not as a pirate. Now, am I? Re- and I'm going to see if the maybe other signed
0: that I, I go ahead, go ahead.
8: It, it's it's possible he didn't. Yeah. I mean, it's very possible he didn't. The uh, the other teams that I I seem to think about him with. One is the Angels, but he—I think he pitched the no-hitter against the Angels. Um, so I'll toss out—I'll toss out uh, Toronto, maybe.
0: No, so I—I I, I thought you were gonna—I actually thought you might end up lucking your way into doing really well with this one.
8: Into the Reds, maybe here.
0: The Reds, one hundred percent. And the other okay. one, if you don't know who it was, and it was. The Dodgers, the Dodgers is where he, the Dodgers. Okay. Of course, it was the Dodgers. By the way, it was not. He did at one point sign with the Yankees as well, but he never actually pitched for the Yankees.
8: Okay. So I knew this one. His was – no hitter. His no hitter was against the Angels, right? I'm trying, like to, I'm a,
0: trying to, to double check on that one right now. Hang on a second. No hitter. I Milton. think it was. Uh, because no hitter was. Um, yes. Hang wait. Hang on. Sorry. I don't know why. It was against the Angels, indeed. Well done, well done. It was okay. against the Angels. Now, since I knew that, the one thing was, I remember about yes. go ahead.
8: The thing I remember about the no hitter is it was like an eleven a.m. local start time.
0: Oh, really? That's super Be- random.
8: Because. Because the because Minnesota was still playing football in the Metrodome at that point. Oh, and they had to do both
0: games. Oh, man, how about that? How about that? All right, I knew that one was tricky, so we'll follow up with one that's, uh, that's far more simple. Um, the guy that's uh, a, a strong argument for the Hall of Fame is back on the ballot. Four teams for Scott Rowland.
8: Scott Rowland's four teams are Philadelphia, Cincinnati, St. Louis, and Toronto.
0: Very well done. Where's the schedule? I have you this week, sir. Uh, going to Howard tonight.
8: They play Florida International. Then Maryland tomorrow. They play UCLA. Uh, Georgetown's conference opener. Uh, it's an open question whether Georgetown will win a conference game this season. They didn't last year. They've lost their last 25 games against power conference teams. They have Xavier in down uh, on Friday. And then Sunday, heading back up to the mount, uh, Robert Morris in town. Uh, in a matchup of Northeast Conference defectors, Mount uh, now, now in the Metro Atlantic, Robert Morris now in the Horizon League. So, chance to see uh, some some old NEC friends there. Uh, so, a relatively light week as uh, as we're staring at, as we're staring at final exams. No
0: question. At discourse D1s course is how you follow him on Twitter. Patrick Stevens, always appreciate you, my friend. We will talk again next Tuesday. All right. Awesome, Glenn. Take care. Patrick Stevens joining us here on GCR. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by the print issue of PressBox. Of course, we're just talking about college basketball, and you can find Kevin Willard on the cover of this print issue of PressBox. It is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. You can read it all at pressboxonline.com. It will only be available for another, I think, 10 days? No, not even. Not even 10 days. I think more like a week. Might even be less than a week. I've got to be honest with you. I don't remember exactly what the date is. I do know, however, that we have decided on our uh, Mo Sports Person of the Year. Mm. And I only know that because I am conversing with that person this evening for our uh, cover for the next print issue of PressBox. Uh, we will be unveiling our best-of issue, including our MoGaba Sportsperson of the Year. Looking forward to that. So get to your neighborhood, Royal Farms, and get this before it's gone with Kevin Willard on the cover. All right,
10: so uh, Patrick Mahomes, this is a quick, quick hard-hitting one for you. Patrick Mahomes is now 10-0 and against the Broncos, and he is the fourth quarterback in the Super Bowl era to have 10-plus wins without a loss against a single opponent. Can you name the other three? I mean, did they finish... With that, uh, like, or no, they did. Or, or, well, I
0: don't, okay. know. I don't think they did finish. So I'll that. say Tom Brady against somebody. The Jets, Miami. Tom Brady. Try to guess the team. The Jets. Not the Jets. No. Miami.
10: Not Miami. It's actually it's an NFC team. That That's super weird.
0: Yeah. So maybe
10: he hasn't lost to this team. Now I'm thinking about
0: it. It's the Falcons. It is
10: the Falcons. He is 10-0. and 0. At least he started 10 and 0 versus the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Can't think of a time that he lost. I mean,
0: why would anybody? We yeah. can only remember one, you know, Tom Brady Falcons <laughs> matchup, and they didn't lose it. Uh, but it also was in the playoffs. So I'm not sure if it counts. Um, so Peyton Manning against somebody. Not Peyton Manning. It's uh, Dan Marino against somebody. Not Dan Marino. It's Steve Young against somebody. It's Joe Young. Montana against somebody. It's Aaron Rodgers against the Bears. That's a good guess, but no. Seems like it should be. Yeah. Um, it's it's. Okay, we. Ben Roethlisberger right. against the Browns.
10: Uh Both of them are retired. Uh, you 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 guessed the team that this quarterback is on, but you guessed the
0: wrong quarterback. Joe Montana. Not Joe Montana. I guess the team, but I guess the wrong quarterback.
10: Yeah. Terry Bradshaw. We'll go back to what your first guess was after Brady.
0: Andrew Luck. Yes, Andrew, Andrew Luck.
10: Luck against the Texans. Not the Texans. The
0: Jaguars. Not the Jaguars. <laughs> the
10: Titans. The Titans. Eleven and zero. I don't remember Andrew, Andrew Luck dominating the
0: Titans like that.
10: Andrew Luck killed the Titans. Well, that's eleven really and zero. Uh, uh, one more. It's Brett Favre. Not Brett Favre. Drew Brees. The team that Patrick Mahomes is undefeated against.
0: He's Patrick Mahomes. i already forgotten. The oh, the Broncos. <laughs> right. John Elway John was undefeated Elway. against the Chargers. Not an AFC West team. He was undefeated against the Seahawks. The Seahawks. Pretty random. Not the Seahawks. Not I mean, a, it, is AFC AFC it is AFC, though. It is AFC. It's AFC. He was undefeated against the. the the Browns, the Bengals, the Patriots, the, Patriots. I mean, yeah, the, the Patriots were bad back yeah. then, so that's not Tenno all that's
10: John Elway right, versus the very Patriots. Good.
0: Very good. <laughs> Tidbit was also brought to you today by ooh, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Ginsugrills.com is the website. Use the code tailgate. Save $100 on your Ginsu Kamado Grill. Tubular brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. Join BaltimoreCountyPD.com. And, again, if you didn't make it out to the event on Saturday, please stop by one of the Baltimore, area police, Baltimore County Police Department precincts with your um, – non-perishable food items, and your unwrapped toys this week to help them out as they lift up everyone in the community. Here's what's coming up this evening, as we were talking about with Patrick. Uh, UMBC Loyola at 7 on ESPN+. Plus. Coppins at George Washington at 6 on ESPN+. Plus. Of course, the first World Cup semifinal this afternoon, Argentina and Croatia, 2 o'clock on Fox. Uh, Memphis, Alabama is a good one, 9 o'clock on ESPN2. The rest of the college basketball, find at GlenClarkRadio.com. Uh, a 30 for 30 about Jeanette Lee, the black widow, who I did a show with once from the Baltimore Convention Center. I don't remember what the story was. There was a, 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 a billiards tournament that was being played. I don't know if she was playing in it or she was just there doing an appearance. But uh, the uh, old ESPN Radio 1300 did a broadcast from the Baltimore Convention Center and Jeanette Lee appeared on the show. That's my connection to Jeanette and Lee. There's wow. a, I watch almost any 30 for 30. This does, I can't pretend like this one's got me. All that interested, but, I mean, hell, I'll watch just about any 30 for 30 they put out. Jeanette Lee versus tonight, 8 o'clock on ESPN. Caps, Blackhawks, 9 o'clock on ESPN. ESPN Plus for Blue Jackets and Panthers at 7 o'clock. TNT, Warriors, Bucks, 7.30. Celtics, Lakers at 10. Uh, USA for WWE, NXT at 8. And most importantly, the Tyus Bowser Show with uh, Devin Duvernay on uh, Facebook.com slash Sports at 7 o'clock. Yeah, no reason not to tune into that because there's nothing. There is nothing. All right, but we just guide everybody board. to glennclarkradio.com, man. Yeah. Yes. we can find it there. <laughs> Very good. Yes, Mike? Last Chance U Basketball oh, season. Oh, that's right. That is significant. I had that written down. That is significant. The, it's the same school, right, that they were at before the pandemic? I'm not sure, but that's what I'm doing. Remember, the, the other basketball season was literally like a really good team out in, want to say, New Mexico. No. It was I'm, somewhere random. It was in the, it was out west somewhere, and like they were rolling along. And right when the tournament was about to get started was when the pandemic oh, hit. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. It was kind of mm. crazy. Yeah. So I have been season looking, two of that. Yeah. I have been looking forward to that. I will start diving in on that pretty soon. All right. Uh, Tubular was also brought to you today by Pressboxonline.com slash offers. Again, go find out about the best offers available for you for signing up for sports betting right now at Pressboxonline.com slash offers. Thanks today to Patrick Stevens. Thanks to Joe Serpico. Thanks to Randy Cross and to Brenda Freeze. We'll get all of it up in the Greatest Hits section of the Archives. tab at Clark Radio.com. Anything? Rick Spielman will join us ah, From the 33rd team, former NFL yes. GM. Uh, had some thoughts about the Ravens. We will talk about that with him. Stuff and things Stuff tomorrow things. on the program. Stuff. Thanks everybody at PressBox. All of our great sponsors and partners, including the Baltimore County Police Department. Problem Gambling, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Maryland Jockey Club, the Baltimore area Chick-fil-A restaurants, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, UMBC Athletics, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Micah at Micah.Ernest on Instagram. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. Go Loyola or UMBC. Go Coppin'. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too. We will be right back. Simply the Bets is next. Welcome into Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. In just a couple of seconds, our friend Aaron Oster from Circus Sportsbook out in Vegas is going to check in with us. Then later on in the program, we will head to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland, where Griffin and I are going to be tomorrow gloating about how we kicked those losers from Pittsburgh's asses in our contest. Wipe the floor with them. We blew them. The- the, not only did the Ravens blow out the Steelers 16-14, to 14, but we blew them out by two picks as well. Blowout central up in here. The and way we, this football season's
10: been going, two picks is like... It's a blowout, baby. Yeah. It's
0: a blowout. We kicked ass, took names, and we're going to go down and gloat, and we're going to watch them be miserable eating hot wings, and we don't have to worry about it. We're We're good. We just get to enjoy. Life is good, man. We're going to do that tomorrow. But we'll uh, chat with our buddy Leon Twyman from the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel a little bit later on in the program. Right now, uh, out in Vegas, the Circa Sportsbook. He is our friend Aaron Oster, and he's back with us here on Simply the Bets. Aaron, good morning, pal. How are you?
11: Well, I, I would have been doing a lot better if overtime didn't exist yeah, in that yep, Navy Yeah, game. <laughs> that's two of us.
0: That's two of us that uh, both miss on. Thankfully, I got the uh, under four total touchdowns on Ravens-Steelers. So that one saved my weekend because I put a nice little chunk of change on that one. I put a nice chunk of change. All right, um, a couple of things really quickly for you. One, thank you to Aaron who signed up for our Bull Pick'Em. Now, do not be scared off by Aaron Oster, a professional, participating in our Bull Pick'Em because even he has no effing clue who's playing in these games and who (laughs) might win. It's bowl season. You have no idea what's going to happen, so you can still get in and uh, help us help the Helping Up Mission. It's $20 to get in. We need like five more people. That's the number. I need about five more folks to get in and sign up and fill it. $20, half the pot to the winner, the other half of the pot to Helping Up Mission. Worst case scenario, you have gone and help the folks at Helping Up Mission. Best case scenario, you're winning some money. And all you got to do is pick outright winners of the bowl games. Very simple. Glenn Clark on Venmo, at glennclark Clark 180 on PayPal, or uh, dollar sign Glenn Clark Radio on Cash App. $20 to get in, we'll get you a spot in our bowl pick 'em. Yeah, and not a great week for Aaron last week. Um, no. as he pointed out, the under went to die in overtime. I tried warning everybody. The moment the game went to overtime, I sent out a tweet. I said, look, I bet the under two. and we did everything right. It, we, this should be like soccer betting where overtime doesn't count. Right? 90 minutes. Or you should be them. able to
11: buy insurance or something. Something like that. Like in that. blackjack.
0: Unreal. But you knew it was happening. The moment the game went to overtime, I just said, look, man, they, these teams can't score. One offensive touchdown all game. It's going to hit the over. It's going to happen. That's the way this goes. It was destined. Indeed, uh, two touchdowns in the first overtime. Ended the hopes of the under. Uh, Loved the Dolphins minus three against the Chargers. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I don't know what's going on with the old Tua Tungavailoa. We were all ready to anoint him just a couple of weeks ago. Suddenly... He doesn't look good at all. Like, it's bad, man. And I know that Tyreek Hill is hurt. Like, he's playing through an ankle thing. But, like, yo, yo, it's bad. Yeah. And then, um, you know, swung for the fences on his long shot last week at uh, Tyreek, DK Metcalf, and Devontae Adams, all to have over 100 receiving yards. And, he went 0 for 3. So yep.
11: Hey, it's be- better to go 0 for 3 than 2 for 3 Yeah, and then that
0: one that you're you're thinking about, you yeah, have at least you just you screwed it all up. Um, we were we were having fun with Aaron's various Heisman Trophy bets. He was trying mm-hmm. to gloat He was trying to gloat on Twitter about having a Heisman yeah. Trophy bet that hit, and that's true. But it's easier when you have tickets on everyone. <laughs> to win the heisman trophy at some point or another he did hit on a caleb williams plus 850 from back in may which was great but he also missed on max dugan and cj stroud the heisman trophy bets that yep. he had tickets for so not so great uh it is however official um uh, griffin points out you had the browns winning 10 or more games on june 21st as a loser bet and that is now official. That is a loser bet. So you did get that one correct. So you got that going for you. There we go. Which is nice. Now an opportunity to get back at it. A local bet, a long-term, a long shot, a lo- loser, and a lovable bet for the week. Where are we starting locally?
11: Well, um, I do. I, I will say. I'm going to start by saying this. I like the Ravens this week. I, there's a good chance that if I don't play them outright, I will have them in a the teaser there's so much unknown at this point. Yeah, does,
0: does it matter what quarterback plays
11: it, it it does and that's why i say i might end up teasing them I, as far as the teaser goes no it doesn't like if i can get it up to nine up to whatever um i will i will probably be including them in a teaser if i can find a good partner with them um because i don't like the browns at all if it is uh tyler I think I will end up playing them, and mm-hmm. I'll probably try if I if, if the rumor comes out and I can still get the three. I will take that. I just I can't give it out right now with good conscience. Oh, but I, I get Keep it. that on your radar. Keep that on your radar. Ravens in some capacity.
0: I don't know what so, we're because we we start doing our pick stuff like on. I have no idea what I'm doing with the Ravens, if we don't know with certainty that Tyler Huntley is playing. Yeah. I have no clue how to handle that.
11: So. And, and, and the total's thirty-seven and a half. So that's good. <laughs> God.
0: Yeah. What,
11: actually, the, the play right now, if you, if, gun to my head, you told me to make a play right now, I tease the Ravens up, I tease the total up. Play a same game uh, okay.
0: teaser. Okay, Yeah. I, I like so that. that would, you Wait, you yeah. play the total up to take the under? Yes, at forty-four, and uh, you you play seven both ways. You play. Or
11: sure, I I do I do six. I, I don't you like do the seven. Okay, so you I do six.
0: All right, so, so you do yeah, the Ravens, so, plus so up Ravens plus nine. Ravens plus nine under forty-three and a, and a half. I I actually really do like that teaser. I right now, if I if you like put a I don't know why this would ever happen. I don't. I hope that you would never do this. But if you did, if you stuck a a knife to my my throat and said you got to do something, I would probably play the Ravens plus three, thinking Tyler Huntley is going to play. Yeah. Like, that's probably what I would do here, but I, I I don't I don't want to do it. I am with you on that.
11: So, locally, looking at college basketball, and we have uh, the nice interstate matchup here as UMBC takes on Loyola, Maryland. And uh, UMBC has been a team of massive extremes offensively. They've been tremendous this season. One of the top three-point shooting teams in all of college basketball. They're not committing turnovers. Extremely fundamentally sound. They're, they're a really good offensive team. Defensively, eh, not so much. They're uh, outside the top 300 in Ken Palm for defense. But uh, Loyola, yeah. they're a horrendous offensive team. I'm, I'm counting on them not to be able to take advantage of the defensive deficiencies of UMBC. Uh, last night, this was actually only three and a half, so I liked it a little bit better. But right now, sitting at UMBC, minus four and a half, and, and I'll take it. Yeah. So give me uh, UMBC minus four and a
0: half. I think that's the right call, especially in college basketball where you can get fouling at the end of the game. I am on board. I I I like that bet as well. I I, I too I would almost put this in love territory for me, um, with that tonight. But I get it, it's a local game and who knows the whole thing. And Loyola does get back yep. home. I don't I don't know, but yeah. On paper, it's a hundred percent the right bet. All right. Uh give me something long term. Give me a futures bet that you like for the week.
11: Uh, Sticking with college basketball, I got to tell you, I'm kind of falling in love with this Arizona team. They have the most efficient offense in the country, and they pair it with playing as one of the fastest teams in the country. They are so much fun to watch that it's it's a team I just want to have some action on, whether it's a game, a future, whatever. The future here, um, you know, they're 15 to 1 to win the national title. And and you look at them, um, Balo has taken a huge step from last year. Like last year, they have the Twin Towers down low that can be so tricky to get past defensively. And here's the key of why I'm, I'm good with a future, even though it is 15 to 15-1 right now. So usually I'm, I'm trying to get 20-1 to 1 or better at this point or the right, season. to
0: start hedging at some but point. I think,
11: but I think that Pac-12 is, is down this year. I think UCLA is really the only team that's going to compete with them. So I can easily see them going into the tournament as a one or two seed. And if I'm thinking that they're going to go in as a 1 or 2 seed, you're not going to get much better than 15 to 1. I've looked around. Most places do have this as worse than 15 to 1. I've seen 10 to 1. I've seen 12 to 1. So 15 to 1 right now for Arizona, I don't hate this play at all.
0: Look, I am fundamentally opposed to having a national championship futures bet be made at this point. (laughs) It's just, I mean, what the hell do we really know about anybody? Um, other than we we do know officially that Texas is a basketball state. I think everybody's always said that. Um, I, I am. No, I, I, so I'm not playing anything on Texas the program no, right now, that's for sure. No, not a chance of that. It, it's a weird feel. I get it. I like Arizona too. I, I wouldn't be making this bet, but I, in the context of we're telling you to make a futures bet, so you got to make something, sure, why not? <laughs> why not Arizona 15-1 to 1 to win the national title. What about a long shot? Give me an underdog that you like this week.
11: So I'm going to give you a little bit of the menu. Again, we've never really defined a long shot here, but you said give me an underdog this week. I like Morocco. I really do like Morocco against France. I think that their style of play allows for some high variation because of that tight defense that this is going to go down to basically, you know, who gets that one situational play, who gets that one opening and takes advantage of it. And right now, so they're plus 320 to advance. I do think there's value there. Um, I, I think that they should be, you know, around a two to one to advance or so. 33%, you look at the models, that's usually around where they're getting between 30 and 35%. So plus 320, I think is already value. I, I'll admit, though that's a little low for a long shot. So I'm going to give you a couple of no, different I mean, plays It here.
0: definitely qualifies as a long shot in that I think you're insane. This is France that we're talking <laughs> about. What in the world are you doing? Um, but I, but I, it's, it's bold. I like the thoughts. Yeah.
11: I, but I will say, if you are looking for a bigger long shot, I, I think Morocco in regulation at plus 600 is really interesting. I think that, again, this Morocco is I, I, you know, going to lock down and I think this ends up being a very low-scoring regulation. So if you're telling me Morocco can escape with a one-nothing lead, you know, a one-nothing win, one-nil win—sorry, I keep forgetting this is World Cup we're yes, talking correct. about. Yes, please. Plus plus six hundred. I don't hate. You want to get any even a little ballier than that? How about Morocco in penalty kicks at thirteen to one? But my big play—I'm going back to plus three twenty to advance. All right.
0: I, I like. I like it. I like it. I'm not there's I think you're insane. I like that you're doing. It. I don't like the bet. I think France is winning. I hate the bet, but I love that you've got the balls to do it, my friend. I am all on board with that. Aaron Oster is with us from the Circus Sportsbook out in Vegas. Now we move on. Give me the bet. You say whatever you do, you're gonna be making all sorts of crazy bets. Don't make this one. This bet is a loser.
11: Back to college basketball, and this is one I've been Waiting to give out because I I always thought they were overhyped. I was just waiting for another team to step up. I'm out on Creighton. Um, I I thought that they were getting way overhyped going into this. I just didn't know who in the Big East could be good. I thought the Big East was going to be a bit of a mess. And now UConn has stepped up. They are very clearly the class of the Big East. And by the way, I also think Xavier is pretty good as well. Uh, When all of a sudden, I think they're going to be making some noise when we get into uh, February and March. Creighton's still plus 210 to win the Big East. I don't think this is happening. Uh, Creighton might even be worse than I initially thought. I just thought they were a little overrated before, and they might just be a little bit mediocre. So uh, do not play Creighton plus 210 to win the Big East, and, and I'm kind of fading Creighton overall.
0: Okay. I mean, I I, I get it. I I don't know. They they just always seem like the type of team that at some point we're going to get to later in the season, and we're going to be like, oh, right, they're right back in the mix. But I hear you. Like. <laughs> UConn definitely at the moment appears to be the team to beat in the Big East, so I, I'm not going to argue with any of that. And then give me the bet that you say, eh, go do it right now. Now, 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 now. Get to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Make this bet because it is your love bet for the week.
11: Uh, I think with a lot of these bowl games, as you said at the beginning, this, these games are crazy. You don't know who's going to play. You don't know who's going to be motivated. So I actually tend to stay off of uh, the spreads. I, I will play them here or there, but um, I, I do like totals in these uh, bowl games. I think, you know, there are some games that are very offensively uh, engineered, and there are some games I think that the total's just too high. Teams won't be motivated. There's too many players out, and that's the case. Actually, it's a local for me, the Las Vegas Bowl. I think the total's way too high in this one between Florida and Oregon State. It's set at fifty-four and a half. There are two teams whose pace ranks in the bottom half of the league, Oregon State all the way down at 127th for pace. Anthony Richardson opted out for Florida. And I also think that the change of time to this game, which is up to 11 a.m. Pacific, was originally supposed to be a night game in Vegas, and that was due to the Raiders getting flexed out of Sunday night football, so they need a little more time to uh, turn the field around. I think that's going to impact the atmosphere for the game and impact kind of the preparation and, and any juice that this game had. So, uh, you know, take everything there. Give me under 54.5 in the Las Vegas Bowl.
0: Uh, it's
11: 52.5. Oh, it has gone down. Okay. Yeah. I, I still like the under there. Okay. I, I all would, right. I would play it down to 50, but uh, yeah.
0: Okay. All right. As long well. as I just want to make sure we're all on board with that. So under 52.5 in the Las Vegas pool. Yep. Are you going? Yes. <laughs> Probably not, but there's a chance. All right, all right, I mean, I don't have any interest in it. I don't know why you would. I do remember, however, like when I lived in a climate, like when I lived in Phoenix, there were all these random events and random things going on. I'd be like, ah, what the hell? I'll go look at it. And I seriously am very thankful that I did go to that Boise State-Oklahoma football game in the Fiesta Bowl. All those well, yeah. Because it was maybe the greatest <laughs> college football game ever played. But the night before when my buddy was like, hey, you want to go to that game tomorrow night? I was like, Uh eh. I don't know, like to do what? I think I do believe Adrian Peterson was playing for Oklahoma at the time, and so I said to myself, <laughs> "Well, I can see Adrian Peterson. I guess I'll go." Really, sure. really glad that I made that decision. But there were a lot of other random ones where I was like, "Eh, I'm good. I think I'm gonna. I think I'll be all right." If I miss the Shannon Briggs Sergey Lakaevich Championship fight, I think I'll survive. If I don't make it out to that. All right, um, uh, what does everybody need to know about this? Oh, what? Uh, what?
10: I wanted to ask Aaron about the uh, – so they have the bowl specials. Speaking of over-unders, what am I missing with the, uh, the lowest scoring game among all bowl games to be Iowa versus Kentucky at plus 410? That's, uh, that's got to be the lowest scoring bowl. Yeah. Uh, uh,
11: well, first of all, I believe – and I, I haven't been able to 100% nail this down. I'm about 98% sure that is the lowest total in the history of bowl games at 31.5 right now. Uh, yeah, yes, I-, I didn't notice that one, but if you could play that as the lowest score total, short of a game having weather-related issues, which is very possible Ooh, with some of these games, yeah. that that's that's the one thing that'll kind of stop that, yeah. but at plus 410, that's not a bad bet at all.
0: You never know when you're going to get like that this miserable day in Mobile, Alabama or Shreveport, <laughs> Louisiana that mm-hmm. screws everything up. I right, remind everybody about the, uh, the Circa, my friend.
11: Look, if you're a sports fan, you're a fan of Vegas, you got to come to Circa. Uh, We have the world's largest sports book, the famous, always exciting stadium swim, six heated pools open year round, the only year round pools in Vegas that shows sports year round. And obviously, we got the big game coming up. We got the tournament in March. And here's something that we're doing a little bit differently since it's the first time ever, all 32. 30 teams are going to be playing on opening day in baseball. We're having an opening day blowout. So I know the Orioles in Boston, you can't go to Camden Yards. Come out to Vegas for opening day. Check that out. It'll be a blast at
0: Circa. And the tournament's still going on at that point. So it does seem like a, a decent way to spend a nice little weekend out in Vegas. Good deal. All right. At the Aoster on Twitter is how you follow him. Appreciate you, pal. We will talk to you again next Tuesday. All right. It's- I hope everyone has their best. There you go. That is Aaron Oster from the Circus Sportsbook out in Vegas. You got it, uh, uh, Griffin, we got it. We're we're thank you. I was afraid we we're about to have a hot mic situation there. About to start saying terrible thing. Gotta <laughs> gotta to, got to stay locked and loaded sometimes. Don't know what was going on there. All right, when we come back in, we will head to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel, Maryland. That's where their general manager, Leon Twyman, is standing by. We will talk about what's going on there this week as we continue along here on Simply the Bets.
5: Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit and stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution, and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs.
12: What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back for season two of the Tyus Bowser Show, in partnership with Pressbox and Grey Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season, as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests, and of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. Or is it Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 105.7 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at pressboxonline.com slash bowser.
0: The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, December 13th at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill 5506 Harford Road. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Sports
6: betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fanduel Sportsbook, GM, Leon Twyman, and v Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports' Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday
0: really unpleasant, so it's time to warm up with some comfort classics this winter at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Try the twisted ribs and wings combo. It's two full pounds of meat, the mac and cheese bites, Mr. Richard's meatloaf, the citrus salmon, the winter spinach salad, and for dessert, here's internet radio personality Griffin Bass to tell you about the bourbon butter cake. Oh my god, it's so good. Pair it with a blood orange bourbon cider or a devil's backbone cranberry smash. Place your order now at glorydaysgrill.com Glorydaysgrill Grill. Great food, good sports. Check out Jeremy Kahn's
3: daily picks at PressBoxOnline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest. And I don't think anything else. He's Glenn Clark.
0: All right, back in here on Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Of course, the two World Cup semifinals get underway today, this afternoon. Croatia and Argentina, and then as we were just talking about with Aaron, tomorrow, France and Morocco, no better place to watch and bet on those. And I was thinking about, we talked about it yesterday, Sunday would be perfect because you have 10 a.m., the World Cup final, right into a day full of football viewing with no Ravens game to have to stress over on Sunday. So just a glorious day that you could camp out in the FanDuel Sportsbook from 10 a.m. until the end of the Sunday night game and enjoy revel maybe you got folks are starting to come in for the holidays be a great way to spend the day watching betting on sports in a festive atmosphere in the FanDuel Sportsbook and that's where we head right now our guy Leon Twyman general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook is with us once again here on simply the bets Leon what's going on my friend how are you
12: Hey, I'm good. How are you
0: doing? Everything is good, man. Um, so last time we checked in, you were struggling against RoboKeeper. Has your success improved at all in the last seven days?
12: Uh, it has not. Oh, boy.
0: Oh, boy. <laughs> do, you have a, do you have official stats? Have you, Or did you sort of stop counting at some point because it was going so poorly?
12: You know, it, it's just so bad. I prefer not to embarrass
0: myself. <laughs> uh, the RoboKeeper is still there through Sunday, correct?
12: That is correct.
0: So you headed down this yeah, afternoon yeah. or tomorrow afternoon, maybe to watch the semifinals, Sunday for the final. While you're there, you can try your hand at RoboKeeper in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Um you know, I'm I'm expecting, especially if this if this ends up being France Argentina, I think it will be a wildly popular World Cup final if those two teams end up in it, especially given the like the Argentina side of it being more significant with it being Leo Messi.
12: Oh yeah, definitely. I I agree 100. percent And you know, as everyone else expected, we have a lot of money actually on France right now. So,
0: Ooh. so you uh, are go, you are rooting big time way. for Morocco, is what you're saying. You are the biggest <laughs> Morocco fan that has ever lived. Yes, right now I am big big Morocco guy. Uh, those are a great opportunity for you to get down this week. Uh, how did the book do this past week? What were I get? I again, you always tell us there's a lot of money on the Cowboys. Uh, you pathetic losers couldn't even cover against the Texans. It was a huge number, oh, though. Did 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 the action still come in on the Cowboys the same way?
12: Yeah, we still had a lot of action on the Cowboys. Um, we had our fair share of people that took, um, you know, the the plus spread on Texans, which you know I would have done the same thing. You know, even I looked at that game and said, "There's no way." It's you insane. know, me being die diehard Cowboys fan, yeah, it
0: was like it was just
12: number. too big of a number.
0: So, so how did the book do on the whole this past week?
12: We actually ended up doing very well again. Um, most of our big wagers um, ended up losing. Um, you know, I just don't understand. You know, some of these bets that we get, um, kind of just
0: can you it's, can it's, you can you give me an example of one that came in that was particularly head scratching to you?
12: <laughs> yeah, so we had um, we had ten grand on on giants. I, I just don't why?
0: understand why. yeah, why <laughs> the Giants? I'm assuming that was the Giants to cover, not to win outright. Not that either one of them was a better bet, but I pray right. it, it wasn't a win outright bet. No,
12: it was it was on the spread, but still, it's just yeah. one of the things that's like questionable.
0: <laughs> yeah, what in the world did you see about the New York Giants, especially particularly given that the uh, Eagles appeared to correct all of their the previous week. Why would you have thought that was a good bet to make? That makes no sense. Uh, anything else that was uh, particularly beneficial to you guys in the book this week?
12: Uh, yeah, actually the Vikings. Um, mm-hmm. That was that was a very surprising game as well. I,
0: I will admit I while well, as much as I was willing to start accepting that the Lions were coming on I did still hold on to that 1pm Kirk Cousins would win out above everything. That that it was a, you can, you can tell me you got a hot team, you can tell me all those things, but on the other side, I have 1 p.m. Kirk Cousins on my side. So I, too, was disappointed by that one. I was disappointed by that one. I was disappointed by the, uh, the Army-Navy. We got to, at some point, sit down and talk about this. We, <laughs> we got to, in the betting circles, remove overtime. They, like They do this in soccer, right? Where like, most bets are 90-minute bets. Whatever happens afterwards, that's your problem. You deal with it. We gotta do the same thing in college football because overtime is hell in college football. Overtime is awful. And those of us that were under betters, we nailed it. We knew exactly twenty points, twenty points scored until our dreams went to die in overtime. We gotta get overtime out of college football betting somehow.
12: <laughs> that would be more ideal, definitely. <sighs> was rough
0: that was a rough rough turn of events for us um anybody that was a particularly significant winner this past week in the book
12: actually yes um there was a ticket that was actually uh that was cashed yesterday for sunday night games or sunday sunday games um looks like it's an 11 team parlay six dollars uh, paid out forty six
0: hundred dollars. Whoo, whoo, boy, that's even better than your parlay, Griffin. Griffin had a nice little parlay that hit this week. That was a was a six hundred dollar payout yes, on yes. his parlay this, this week. Five dollars won six hundred. It was very fun. <sighs> Could have been even more. Could have been yeah, even more been than more. that if you had a little bit more faith. Uh, do you remember what was all on that parlay by chance?
12: Uh yes. So we had Ravens plus one and a half. We had Bengals minus five and a half. Um, we had over 44 and a half in the Texas and uh, the Texans and Dallas game. It was plus three and a half for Jaguars, minus one and a half for the Lions, plus 10 on the Jets, minus seven Eagles, uh, Casey Moneyline, Panthers plus four and a half, 49ers minus three and a half. And the Chargers plus three and a half.
0: How crazy is it? Now I got to start wondering if this person's seen the future. All of them are spread bets except for Kansas City, which absolutely had to be a money line bet, right? Like, if he had bet the spread on Kansas City or she, they would have been effed. Like, this would have all blown up in their faces. I got questions about whether or not this person can see the future to know that the one game they should bet the money line on instead of the spread was Kansas City. That's
12: insane. Like, it, it, it's pretty surprising to see that.
0: <laughs> that's nuts, man. That, and it, that would, would have been an easy spread bet, I think, for a lot of people to make looking at it. Like, it's Denver. Come on. They can't do anything offensively. And it's the Chiefs on the other side. That is bold. Also, the, the heroism of the Jets. Uh, going down and getting a statement cover field goal late in order to make sure that that happened. That is bold. What a play. All right, uh, what jumps out at you this week? Leon Twyman is with us from the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Uh, Obviously, the the World Cup, of course, stands out big, but what else do you guys have going on right now?
12: So right now, we're just hoping to bring a lot of people for the RoboKeeper for for the World Cup. Um, So we have, this is our last week for it, So you are still eligible to get a free bet if you have not received a free bet this week. So just by participating, it's a $25 free bet for the sportsbook that you can use on the kiosk at our location. And if you are the top scorer every day, you'll get $5,000 added to your FanDuel app.
0: Whoa! Whoa. That is a big number, man. You know what? Griffin and I are going to be down there tomorrow, so we're going to have the chance to uh to try uh, uh try out and see how, how we test our luck on have to break Keeper. out the boots for that one oh you're gonna bring out the you're bringing your cleats I for think tomorrow so. I think I have whoa to. yeah. that is
12: bold. so so there's a there's a secret to it oh um oh. you know you really don't need power that's what we've been trying to tell people kicking. Okay. like you don't you don't need power um you just have to get it in the top Top corners. That's it. All like, right. If you can have it glide into those top corners, you're good to go. Speed and power is actually going to be your uh, your enemy when it comes to the Robo Keeper.
0: I guess I have to warn you. I might I might have a little bit of an advantage because I took my kid to Chuck E. Cheese on Friday night and I kicked Homer Simpson's ass on the soccer <laughs> uh, the soccer scoring <laughs> game that they have at Chuck E. Cheese's. I mean, I whooped. That dude's ass. I wore him out <laughs> kicking goals on Friday night. So um might have a little bit of an advantage when uh, we head down to the FanDuel Sportsbook tomorrow to try our hands out at RoboKeeper. Looking forward to that. Um of course, uh by the way, the, the you can still register your Super Bowl bets, right? Like that still goes on to the beginning of January, doesn't it? It's...
12: That is correct. So as long as the odds are plus three hundred or higher. Uh, You place at least $25. You can still register to try to win two Super Bowl tickets. It's going to be down in
0: uh, Arizona. Yeah, fanduel.com slash S-B-N-A-Z. And don't forget, we're only a couple weeks away from uh, the next Gervonta Davis fight, and I know that will bring a massive crowd to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in a hotel. So want to reserve your spot now. Leon Twyman, always appreciate you, my friend. Thank you for taking the time for us. We'll talk again next Tuesday, all right?
12: All right, sounds good. Have a Thanks, good one,
0: buddy, Leon Twyman, General Manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. All right, we are winding down for Simply the Bets. This is the part of the program where Griffin has combed through some interesting uh, tidbits, but because they're related to betting, we call them Tid Bets because we're very clever. That's the way that it works around here. It's brilliant. We're so stupid clever. What do you got for us this week?
10: Uh, of course, myself, the $5 to win $600. Uh, uh, now, they picked that up on the Action Network, right? Yeah, they, like,
0: Darren <laughs> Rovell wrote a whole story about it. Correct. <laughs> like, this guy was he, at the game. He he was in, like, it was you and Mattress Mac were getting the <laughs> most coverage this week at Action Network, weren't you? <laughs> yes,
10: yes, Yeah. So that Fryman touchdown at the end of the game, that was what saved me. That How was what bad. I needed. How about yeah, uh, that? Um, someone had a...
0: Why, why aren't you better at the bets that you give out on this sh- or, on, or on the other show? Why I, don't aren't know. You better, I don't know why my, yeah, that? my gratuitous
10: grouping is... Yeah, why is it that you it hit that, been that been one rough. but you
0: can't hit... Maybe you just play something a bit more common than the random things that you throw into your gratuitous groupings. Yeah, you know, yeah like, I
10: mean, I'm trying to make the, these groupings, you know...
0: I understand, but like you, you hit a parlay bet. That's a grouping yeah. like that works. What did you? What did he would you
10: have had a much more normal uh, diet the past few
0: months. It's true. Also, if he had been hitting yeah. These bets, yeah, you're right. The same you're way. right. Although I got to pay off yeah. too on. Fr- oh, I think I do me a favor, Mike. I, I might have left it out in the car. I think I brought in. I've got the uh, Uh-oh. my costume for Thursday, if you don't mind. Uh, <laughs> hit the uh, unlock button. It's the second button there, and a uh, check. I it should be in the the passenger seat. Okay. Yeah. Go all ahead. right, all right. Uh,
10: someone had a Kevin Harris first touchdown ticket. Uh, no, last yeah, yeah. And <laughs> They put seventy five dollars. It was plus five thousand. They put seventy five dollars on it to win four k. What?
0: The? I don't even know who that is. Yeah, I, <laughs> like, I, yeah. I don't know. Who, who, who knows who Kevin Harris is? The Kevin Harris family is confused by why you would make <laughs> that bet.
10: Um, uh, let's see. Jerry Judy. Uh, so this was a nice uh, two hundred twenty three to one parlay. Uh, Wow, this one was massive. I forgot when I was typing this up last
0: night. Jerry Judy. So here's the problem. It is not a neon yellow. (laughs) Like, it is not what I thought I was ordering. Like, it is just a regular-ass yellow. So for those that don't know, uh, I lost two different bets that involved me having to wear this, both for uh, the Glenn Clark radio program on Thursday, and then also for when we do our hot takes for the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. We do um, social media content for them, so the... uh, both bets I lost, and they both required me to dress up as the Jaguars mascot from the Ravens game a couple <laughs> weeks back. Um, I I was trying to find an, a more an electric neon yellow uh, in a bodysuit, was not able to come up with it, so it's pretty much just mustard yellow. What I've, I'm dealing with there, but here is the piece de resistance. That is the American flag speedo that I will be wearing. <laughs> this, by the way, Great. as a man who had to wear a speedo once already this year, I'm I'm, I'm coming up with quite the speedo collection at my house. By yeah. the
10: way, who would have thought radio would turn you into a, a speedo a man? Swimsuit right. model. <laughs>
0: um, this far less daunting than earlier in the year, where I had to deal with the fact that I'm also pasty white. <laughs> like that was far more <laughs> problematic when uh, when I did that, right? Like because it was you could see. Just how white I am. So now you're really tan is what you're yeah, saying. Now yeah, now it's I'm this is this is fine. I got a bodysuit on over it. I'll just put a speedo on. I I will probably be just as sexy as the Jaguars mascot, who was very, very sexy that day. No no doubt about it. Um, By the way, apparently not the only time this person's ever worn, worn a speedo as part of the costume. There's also like some oh, pictures really? online. Of, of wearing a white Speedo at a certain... Like, Jackson DeVille. Jackson DeVille has a history of Speedo. <laughs> it's a whole thing. Good Yes, for him. this is... Uh, <laughs> you'll want to be tuned in on Thursday to Glenn Clark Radio or uh, hot takes on the various um, uh, live casino and hotel uh, Maryland the social platforms.
10: Um. All right. So this two hundred twenty-three to one parlay: Jerry Judy, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Marquise Goodwin to all score a touchdown anytime touchdown scorers. Panthers plus three and a half, and Lions uh, minus nine and a half alternate spread. Um. That was uh, they put two hundred dollars on it to win forty-five thousand dollars.
0: Shoo! Shoo! Yeah. Nice day. Yeah, That's nice a day. nice day.
10: Uh, they had a Dawson Knox. You are gonna have Chase. a better
0: Christmas than my kids are gonna have. <laughs>
10: Jamar Chase, Tony Pollard, Dawson Knox, first touchdown scorer. Parlay, $5 to win 4K. Sure. Yeah. And then this was – this. I one mean, like, was those uh, are
0: all t- – Jamar, Jamar Chase, Tony Pollard, very rel- – Like mm-hmm. that. So Dawson Knox is the wild card in that. Yeah. But I don't know enough about the Bills. Like, maybe there's been a history of, of – Dawson like Knox just
10: randomly scoring. Something like that. I don't know. The first touchdown. Like, remember for a scores. while we
0: said you should you bet on Pat Ricard to be the first pass catcher, <laughs> pass catcher for the Ravens in a game, but –
10: um, this was a so this was a fifteen thousand to one uh, first basket NBA parlay, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, Trey Young, and Fred Van Vliet three pointer.
0: Okay, now that's now that is distinct. I was gonna say I have always found that first basket bets just pick the star. Pick whoever a team's star is because they like to get they get themselves involved early in a game, get themselves flowing, and feeling it. So just bet the star, even if you don't get great odds, it's, yeah. it's a bet worth making. So
10: they parlayed those, uh, I think it was like one. And, and the odds maybe? can
0: only be so bad for yeah. a bet like that.
10: Um, so they only put 56 cents on it, and it
0: still paid 8.5K. So you know what that is. That's, that's all they had left in their account. Yeah. That's exactly, they, like, they, they, they lost a bunch of bets. They went all in on something. They had 56 cents left in their account. They're like, ah, hell, I'll throw it at this. This, it is, this is sort of like Adam Sandler at the end of Uncut Gems. <laughs> Almost like like I hope that his life continues. We're doing this KG. Yeah. We're yeah. doing. This. I hope I hope <laughs> that uh, he doesn't meet the same fate as Adam <laughs> Sandler did at the end of Uncut Gems.
10: Um and then the biggest one I think I mentioned to you to you uh all fair. Someone had uh a Morocco to reach the quarters at plus 11 th- or yeah, it was plus 1100, so 11 to 1 and they put 90k on it. On Morocco to reach the quarterfinals. F and uh imagine if they had the gone to the semis,
0: semis yeah, right yeah, no, yeah imagine if the semis they had that bet bet. so that
10: paid out 1.1 1. 1 million god damn man um and, and this was someone uh locally I mean, but
0: I, honestly who has 90 thousand dollars to put on that bet <laughs> and so like well. i you know like this you want to say congratulations thing. but it's also like really really you're putting 90 thousand dollars on morocco Come he knew on. he knew sure
10: Um, This person, I think they they cashed it at the live casino because they were tweeting with the uh, live casino hotel account. It was her name was Toyshika Peterson from Laurel, Maryland, and she put ten dollars on a Bellator parlay, Bellator MMA. Oh, I um, saw this, on yeah. On all underdogs for Friday night, and she won 13,000. Wow. And they were all, on like, it was, even like, Christian Eichels was a 25, or Pat Downey, Baltimore native. Yes. Uh, yeah. Wait yeah. Like
0: a second, Pat Downey's fighting with Bellator now?
10: Yes. I didn't yes. know that. And he lost. He lost on oh, Friday night, well, that's unfortunately. A, that's he was a, a 25 to 1 favorite, and oh, uh, oh, he man. lost as part of this oh, parlay. Oh, that's rough. Uh, but yeah, 10 to win 13K. That's rough. On Bellator. I
0: was so excited. Uh, Pat's... A, a very controversial dude. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes. But I've kind of always liked him for some weird reason. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm going to find something that he said that I'm going to say. All right, I'm going to have to stop liking you at some point. But like we've had a lot of conversations over the years, and like we've kind of always got along, and I've always found him to be funny. Like I can see why he rubs everyone the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. I don't know of anything that he said that would be, you know, like a reason why I should cancel him. But if there is something that he said that I should cancel him over, it maybe you know. Just please pass it along so that I won't say any more nice things about Pat Downey. But I have this weird, like, it's like a pro wrestling thing that I feel towards Pat Downey. Like, he feels like someone who's playing a character to me. He's an entertainer. And that's why it's kind of always, I don't know, it's kind of always worked for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I've always kind of. Been into it. I didn't know he was fighting with Bellator, but that's
10: not a great start. Yeah. Um. And then the last one, the championship parlay that I've meant, that I keep mentioning. Uh, France is still alive in the World Cup. Yeah. Course. This guy's twenty six dollars. Ca- do you know what
0: the cash out value is? Uh,
10: I he I don't I don't know what it is. Um, but I know that God, he I said God, I know I wanna, that he said that no matter what he is not cash I don't
0: know, out. I know what a mistake. Cash out now. <laughs> do it now. Five
10: hundred fifty seven thousand dollars on the line. Didn't you France. hear? Aaron
0: Oster said Morocco is going to win tomorrow. <laughs> cash out now. Do it now. Now 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 now. And that is, that is all I got. I mean, they're playing Morocco. Bet. You have to let it ride at this point, I guess. But if it's Argentina on Sunday, I don't know what I'm oh, doing. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing at that point. All right, very good. Uh, thanks to Aaron Oster. Thanks to Leon Twyman. We will – I don't know what we're doing yet for next week. It'll be definitely Simply the Bets on Tuesday. Don't know how we're going to handle week on at bookies next week. We will figure that out. We will cross that bridge when we get there. In the meantime, get to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel for all of the remaining World Cup semifinals and final on Sunday. And may the odds be ever in your favor. This has been Simply the Bets.